Bop, bada, bop. It's your favorite podcast that is named the Soxcast. <laughs> there are more than one, apparently. Those goddamn imposters. They're just always biting our style, you know? Yeah, we're, we're the real Soxcast. Like, the, we're the yeah. ones that started this Sox game, and if you're not down with that, then, man... You, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait a second. But have y'all have y'all actually listened? Because it's pretty good. No, John, kind of been encouraging me to up my game a little bit because it's like, oh shit, they're maybe doing a better job than us. John, you are such a it. traitor. Not only do you appear on other podcasts, now you're actually listening to the rival Sox casts. <laughs> it's really good. I don't know what to tell you. Why haven't I fired John yet? Oh, then he can go like, beyond Bizarro Socks. Yeah, like go beyond Bizarro Socks with cast Bort with and Plowley. with Bort and <laughs> Bolly. Talk about Sonic Adventure. <laughs> yeah, they love Sonic Adventure over there. We see it for the shit pile that it is. <laughs> they have a running gag where they mention Mario every single episode. Yeah. <laughs> One thing is that Polly just hates Mario. The Polly just hates Mario Galaxy, though. Oh yeah, cannot stand <laughs> no it. About it. Loves Super Mario Sunshine, though. Oh, of course, yeah. Like that is her Mario. favorite game. Yeah, Super Mario mm-hmm. Love Shine. So, yeah, Love Shine. Cannot. And like she sees Super Metroid for the bullshit that it is. <laughs> oh yeah. She's always like, ah, super fucking Metroid. Like, cr- like Chrono Cross, best RPG. <laughs> Man, all of this would have been a great fucking April Fool's joke someday, but we've kind of thrown that out the window. It's May. They'll it, forget by next year. Yeah, don't worry. Nobody listens to this garbage anyway. <laughs> to my immediate virtual right. And he just said, up yours, baby. It's Rhett. Hi. Hey, I'm how's it do going? The Japan joke again, but then I forgot to bring it up. Oh. It, it's going all right. No We're, one would get that anyways. Yeah, nobody will. No, you should have been recording. I should have been. That would have been. That would have been the intro. The nobody would ever forget. I but, blew it. But yeah, you blew it. You always fucking blow it. That's why I'm so disappointed in you. I'm not angry, Red. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Uh, I knew. <laughs> You ready for a podcast? Yep. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to record one right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. To my media virtual left, kind of like a spare tire, it's John Thayer. Wait, what? You're kind of I mean, like, you're, you're kind of like a spare tire. We kind of just like put you on. I like that because like it rhymes. It rhymes, see? Wait, wait, wait. Let's rewind. Okay. Finish that thought. All right. We put you on like we, we, you know, we we put you on when you would need you. We need to fill some space. <laughs> Are you calling him a third wheel? Kind of, in a way, but in the be- look, in the best way possible. It's the not look. It is the nicest way anyone could be called a third wheel. Okay. Yeah, I get you. Are you ready for a podcast, John Thayer? I'm super ready. That's good, because we're going to be recording one of those, as I just mentioned, to my good friend Rhett, over here. Super. Ready. Super. Ready. (laughs) (laughs) Real dumb. (laughs) 
It's very dumb. That's what I'm here for, is being real dumb. <laughs> so, all right, tasteful transition time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, um, gonna have to start the socks cast out with uh, a couple bits of, you know, not so great news. Look, y'all, the world sucks right now. There's a lot of real bad shit happening, and we're... We're like a dumb video games podcast, okay? And I, I feel that the scope of just... And the enormity of the things happening in the world right now in Manchester and in Portland, uh, they're beyond, you know, what we can really put into words, I think. And I kind of just want, you know, if anybody in those areas is, you know, listening to know that our hearts definitely go out to you. And, you know, we are sending you all of the love that we possibly can. Um, if there is one thing that I am sure of, and it, because it's something that I've seen proven right time and time again in the face of tragedy, it's that, um, you know, the, the, the human spirit can overcome fear. And you know, like, terrorism and, and, and shit like white supremacy and, and, and bullshit like that. They want you to live in fear. They want you to be afraid of things like going to a fucking concert. And I think that, you know, like, we always rise above that, no matter what. Um, even when we're wounded, you know, we have our time to be wounded, obviously, and deserve every single moment of every day that you need to recover in any way you can. But I know that this is not a fear that is going to last forever. I know that, you know, just I've always believed in my heart that terrorism does not win. And, um, again, I just want to send all the love out in the world to, to, to people affected in those areas and in these incidences. And know that we love you all, and we're definitely hoping for the best. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, anything you two would like to add to that? Oh, that was really lovely and yeah, thoughtful well and sweet. Thank you, uh, Polly. And uh, one that kind of uh, another little bit of a... I'll probably go a little more in detail here. Yeah, as I, as I tend to do when these kinds of things happen is... Um, this one's a little more personal to me. This one kind of hit me pretty hard, and it's still one that I'm feeling even now is uh, the uh, unfortunate passing of uh, Soundgarden audio slave lead vocalist and also uh, a, a body of really great uh, solo work. Uh, unfortunate passing of Chris Cornell, uh, who, if you had, you had me place, like, you know top singers in rock or any kind of music ever, Chris Cornell would be at the very fucking top of that list because I, uh, there's just, I don't think that there's anyone I've ever enjoyed listening to sing more than, uh, Chris Cornell. Um, he's just had an incredible range. His ability as a songwriter, like you like, if you grew up in the 90s, like, Soundgarden was inescapable. Like, there's just yeah. no way you did not hear something that man penned, be it, you know, Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, somewhere, you know, like, just 
he's an absolute icon, and we unfortunately, like, we've lost another one from our generation uh, that we grew up with um, to, you know, again, unfortunate circumstances, um, which it just seems to be, you know, a common, uh, you know, a thread, thread. Uh, with the way the people from our generation pass and... Um, me and Poncho Smith were talking a while back and that like who are the elder statesmen of the music that we grew up with you know where's our Elvis Costello you know like Mm -hmm. where's it's 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 just yeah it's a bummer Um, yeah I get you uh, but you know, like Chris Cornell is like a vocalist that I always kind of went out of my way to listen to. Like he released mm-hmm. he released a pop album uh, back I I don't remember what year, and it was it universally pretty bad. But mm-hmm. it's an it's an album that I bought just because I wanted to hear him sing. Like it did not matter to me that the songs were not that great, the production just it. Yeah, it's not a style of music that really fit him, really. It was just him mm-hmm. kind of, you know, he wasn't in a band. He was kind of, like, trying to bounce between things to see what fit for him, and it was an experiment. It wasn't a great one, but, again, it's something that I bought and still listen to because, hey, I just love that man's voice. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, that one hit me pretty hard, and like we always do... Here on the old soccer cast, when uh, a you know, musician uh, that has a lot of admiration, uh, uh, especially for me, because it's my podcast and I can do that. Yeah. Um, choosing to play a song from his selected works, I could have chosen any number of iconic um, Soundgarden uh, songs or something from Audio Slave or anything from Temple of the Dog, and it would have been fitting. But I chose something from the final solo album that he released, Higher Truth. Uh, It is a song called Before We Disappear. And it's a song that I didn't choose because of its message. Because, I mean, Chris Cornell's lyrics, like, the the themes of death and suicide are something that permeate throughout a lot of his catalog. Uh, It's obviously something that weighed heavy on his mind it seems, throughout, you know, his entire career. Um, and I was talking to Poncho about, like, well, what song do you choose to kind of pay tribute to somebody who's passed on, like, when a lot of their music is about being dead? And he brought up the point that, like, it's kind of not fair to look at it that way. Uh, It's not fair to the artist. It's not fair to the art in and of itself and what it's saying to to put those kinds of things off limits. I mean, just because the man wrote songs called Pretty Noose and Like Suicide, those can't really be, like, true implications of what happened in that hotel room that night. We don't know, and we'll never know. Um, so, like, the song Before We Disappear, it, it is, you know, it's got some sad themes to it, but I chose it because it exemplifies everything I admired about Chris Cornell as a singer is just uh, an amazing vocal performance. Uh, it's a great song from a songwriting perspective, and it's very, very pretty. And um, I thought that that would kind of be my way of sort of throwing a little tribute out there, kind of share 
a lovely piece of music of his with the world at large and hope that y'all enjoy it or, and, and are encouraged to go out and check out something if you haven't heard him before. Maybe you'll find something you like. Um, and the last thing I'll say before uh, I let the song play is there's... Um, <clears throat> There's a line at the end of the second verse of Black Hole Sun um, that goes, No one sings like you anymore. And goddamn if that is not true. Uh, so thank you for everything, Chris.
Now we got a tastefully fucking transition from that. Oh, tasteful like a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> There's no good way to do this. There isn't, is there? Which is why we're doing it right now. This is okay. where this is the part where the podcast <laughs> yep. kicks back in. And hey we guys, <laughs> yo, it's episode sixty-nine. Nice, nice. nice. That's the sex number. That is the sex. <laughs> Because if you tilt it on its side, it looks like two people with, it, like, it, heads and legs. It looks like they're going down on each other. Yeah. At the same, same time. time. That's really hard if, if, you, if you're, oh, like, really? at all different heights. <laughs> yeah, different heights can fuck that up. Yeah. That's the thing they don't mention in sex number school. <laughs> no, they don't mention that in sex number school at all. Subtle, what you gonna do? subtle and elegant as a sledgehammer. <laughs> John Tyre! Yeah? What have you been doing? What the fuck have I been up to lately? Yeah! Um, um, I think this is for, this little first chunk of the podcast is for a little quickies. So, mm-hmm. I wanted to quickly go over, um, I played Jack and Daxter. That game's alright. That's what I thought. I, no, for a while I was like, oh, that game is trash garbage out of a butt. <laughs> That's not what I said at all. I know, but that's what I thought for a while, and I was, like, really mean to it and making a lot of jokes at it at its expense for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, and then I was like, I had this on the Vita, and I just played Super Mario 64 and finished it and had a real good time. How about another collect-a-thon platformer? <laughs> just kind of dumb fun. Um, Mario 64 is really good, by the way. Yeah, um, yes. Believe it or not. Yeah. It's pretty good. I think we talked um, about that a bit on the last episode, about how yeah, real good, good that game is. It's real good, but yeah, I finished it and it's real good. Um, so Jack and Dexter is is kind of dumb in just yeah. the sense it's like silly and slight and simple, but a little too quippy. You mentioned the word that I li- on Twitter that I like. You said it seemed too quippy. That's kind of a thing yeah. that I still feel about it. I feel like they're trying way too hard to make me like Daxter. Yeah, the writing is annoying. Yeah, like characters and writing are concretely annoying, and that that tro- that um that that overflowing of intention of, of trying to insert this personality into the game mm-hmm. may, may be kind of long for Mario sixty four is just simplicity in that sense. Yeah, but beyond that, the structure of it is really cool and smart because the one weird thing with Mario sixty four is how you'll go inside and get a star. And then it boots you out of the level. Yeah. And then a lot of the time you just have to play a big chunk of the same level again. Mm-hmm. So Jack and Daxter just doesn't do that. You just and also there's no hub or paintings or anything. It's all just one big place. Yeah, it's a big with, playground for you to go around yeah, with, and collect the 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 I can't remember what they're called. The uh, forebearer objects. Stars. It's, it's they're called stars, which is weird because they're like spheres and yeah, they're spheres, stuff, but they're called stars. Um, so you run around and collect enough stars to open up the star door, and then you do that three times and fit, beat the game. Mm-hmm. Um, last time I got really frustrated with the last locations, because it gets pretty hard at times. Yeah, so. yeah, there are a couple areas in that game that are real, real fucking hard. Mm-hmm. So I just, I was like extremely diligent with collecting stars in the first two chunks of three, mm-hmm. and then I just need like four 
from the last area. Oh. So, and I went and beat the game, and it was fine. Um, so the the structure of it is elegant, and most of the stars are pretty. And it's like I would go through whole levels and just play attentively, and just be like poke around, try to make sure I had explored all the paths. Mm-hmm. And then after like forty minutes or something, I would have all the stars and all the coins. Yeah. Like so that that I felt like was smart. Like when you have a big a bunch of collectibles like that, it sounds like it makes it seem like you would just want people to wander around your shitty playground forever. Yeah, like Banjo Kazooie, because the Banjo Kazooie <laughs> games are awful. Yeah. But this game moved way faster. It moved way faster than Mario sixty four. Yeah, uh, like fucking the first Jack and Daxter is brisk as fuck. Yeah, I chewed through that and like five hours, six hours. It was pretty cool. And it's got a lot of things to collect. Yeah. And I collected almost all of them. They have the, they just have the stars, the red coins, and the coins, and I mm-hmm. collected most of them in most areas. Um, occasionally, there'd be one star that was really hard, and I'd yeah. just skip it. I'd be like, F that! <laughs> eh, never mind. I did most of the vehicle ones, which was cool, because it's like, oh, well... And those are, some of the harder, to... those are some of the hardest ones. Yeah, I'm never gonna have, to, like, the one where you're jumping through hoops, literally. Oh, God, fuck those things. I hated it so much. Yeah, I, I got the second harder one on the first try, which felt real smart. God but damn, had, nice. Like, jumping for platforms to get to it, so getting yeah. through it was real. Um, and I was like, I know I'm probably never gonna have to do any vehicle, weird, hard vehicle sections again, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice that I practiced it now. Yeah. Um, so then I beat it, and I was like, this is good. And then I loaded up Jack 2. Nice! Um... That game is a real good start, huh? I think it's actually really solid uh, introduction. Yeah. yeah, it's like Jack and Daxter is this kind of dumb, breezy thing. Um, and then Jack 2 is like instantly conflict. Things are engaging. Shit's mm-hmm. going down in a cool way. Yeah, and... it's 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 definitely a big tonal shift. Um, yeah. But, but I think that it handles it pretty well. Yeah, I, like I said, I said this on thing on Twitter is that it just feels like a PG thirteen YA dystopia. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like oh now we're gonna be Grand Theft Auto. Ah. No, not at all. It's not that grim, dark, and gritty. It didn't go like war. It didn't go from Sands of Time to Warrior Within, mm-hmm. with like Godsmack playing in the background. Uh, yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, it's de- it's a definite tonal shift, and I think that they, you know, like I I don't think that it wasn't done for uh, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, marketability purposes. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. Um, hey, for one thing though, when I was like ten and I'd only played Jack and Daxter, mm-hmm. I saw trailers for Jack Two, which were basically just the intro there where he get breaks out of the place, mm-hmm. and I thought it looked like the coolest shit ever. Yes. <laughs> oh God, I must have been like eight actually. Yeah, I, I mathed oh it out. It was 2003. So mm. I thought it looked like the coolest shit ever, and I was super pumped. Like Jack Two is pretty good. Like, yeah, yeah, I like Jack Two. I'm probably gonna yeah. revisit it at some point because I played um, Jack Two last year. I played the original Jack last year, so why not revisit yeah. Two this year? I'm feeling a little bit. Um, I've kind of lost my momentum with it, and I was hoping for a little bit of maybe encouragement because for the first like several hours, mm-hmm. um, you have this big open world but you only have one mission at a time that you can do. Yeah, like, the thing is, like, that's kind of going to be the way the game goes. Okay. Uh, it's not often that you get a bunch of missions pop up at once. Like, it's still kind of trying to lead you down a very linear path. Like, it's not like a Grand Theft Auto where, 
like, after you do your first few missions, like, uh, you'll have work open up for, like, a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Jack 2 doesn't really open up in the same way that a Grand Theft Auto game does. Um, okay. But, I'm uh, hoping... Right I still it's think just, it's real yeah, good. Right. Like, but 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 I do kind of prefer my experiences to be more linear. So like, the way the, the way that it unfolds and its pacing was fine for me. Okay, I think with with it being as linear as it is, I was kind of because it's been like the five hours or something, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of. Um, once you get out and you start doing jobs for people, it's just kind of here's a job, go do it. All right, you're done. Here's a job, go do it. All right, you're done. Here's a job, go do it. So I'm kind of hoping for more, like... The meteor story missions and... Yeah, forward movement in the plot, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bit of a slow burn. And I think that it's that way because I feel that that's kind of like the first time they were really kind of making a game like that. Mm -hmm. And they kind of got a little better at it as the game went on. Okay. Uh, So So I feel that that it is a game that gets better as you go. Cool. That's That's really what I wanted to hear was, like... That it'll that'll reward me for keeping up with it, even though it's been kind of slow. Uh, uh, slow after that real solid introduction, where it's like, I like also how they basically ditched collect most collectibles and then oh, yeah. had the pre had the coins from the first game as like hyper rare hidden collectibles in the levels. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool because oh, it's <laughs> like oh, now these things are precious and mm-hmm. safe and important before they were just everywhere and. It, Makes it feel like you're in this place that's a lot more desolate. And yeah, scary. like it actually does feel like a dystopia. Cool. All right, I'm, I'll probably keep. Yeah, up it's with a it. good. It's a good game. Um, it's definitely not without its faults. It's definitely not without its difficulty spikes. That's for sure. <laughs> um, there was one. Um, there was one vehicle section that was a race, three minute race that I was just too hard. So I mm-hmm. went to a, do another mission for a while, and then it opened up a big shortcut. There you so, go. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you like Jack 3? Uh, I have not played Jack 3. All right. I have the collection, though, so I can. All right. That'll be, that could be an exciting adventure in the future if I <laughs> stick with Jack 2. Yeah. All right, that's my, that's my quickie. That's your quickie. <laughs> Pass the baton. Rick, what have you been I, up to? Uh, I've been dabbling in Gradius 5. For you need some practice. 2. <laughs> yeah, I do. I really do. I get because that game is really goddamn hard. It's real good, but it's real fucking good. I think I got to about stage three or stage four. But it's oh real good. well. So I was on my latest run. I was like, kind of feeling like I'm finally gonna break through stage four, and I'm feeling good. Like, okay, I kind of, you know, I am playing on easy because fuck that game's fucking hard. But I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna clear stage four this time. I'm gonna see <laughs> a new area. I, I got this game's number now. I'm prepared for the challenges ahead mm-hmm. and then stage five is like completely fucked yeah it's... <laughs> stage five is like the volcano level because you know like stage one of gradius or stage like whatever of gradius three but like the entire screen is rocks yeah. bouncing around chaotically yeah there's and no... you're just mowing through them yeah but like it's physics, and it just like seems like it can fuck you so easily. Yeah, it can get fucked. But the thing about that game is your hitbox is so stupidly it, I, small. Yeah, I've definitely toho'd a few things where it's like, well, I am like inside that asteroid, but not dead. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And then, but then the boss of stage five is just straight up a Don Maku boss. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like it's like a Toho boss mixed with one of the po- Project N33 stage bosses. Yeah, 
where yeah. it's like it just it fires way more bolts than you could ever hope to realistically <laughs> dodge. But the asteroids at this point are coming from behind you, so you have to hide behind them yeah. to get through the bullets, and it's just like it's nuts. It's a real ah. smart boss design. Yeah. It's real good. And you got to stage also, six, right? And then, so then I got to stage six and died pretty quickly because yes. it's just like poison liquid water just bouncing around everywhere. I'm just like, oh my god. Did you get to the point that- of that stage where the entire stage starts moving around you? No, I died because like the stage just straight up crushed me. Oh. I don't know what to do at one part. Yeah, like the like, stage eventually just starts moving, and you have to account for liquid that's falling up above you from oh, great. where it was below you. Oh, that's huh. <laughs> there was one part where like the metal wall just scrolled all the way to the left, and I got crushed. And I was like, "Uh, I missed Doesn't something ha- here." That happens in a lot of great. I remember that happening in Gradius One, and it turned out, "Oh, I just needed to get behind that." Get it was like closing, and yeah. I didn't notice it. I mean, even this does that in, like, stage two, but this was just a 100% height-of-the-screen metal wall. Weird. I was. Hmm. I, I need to look at somebody's replay or something. Yeah, I, like, I don't I remember that. It's been a while since mm-hmm. I've played that game. Especially at, also, that, like, at that level. Yeah. And then there's also, like, the cell wall in stage four that I don't know how to deal with, because it... Like, you shoot it, and it breaks away, but then it regrows pretty quickly, and it, like, regrows faster than you shoot it, so... Yeah. I don't know how to Are get using... through that. Are you using the spinning options? I'm using type 2, which is the ones you can aim in any direction. So the the good one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're all good. I mean, no, I only played it with that one because it's so fun. Well, the, the entire game feels... Like, if there's a criticism I have with Radius 5, it feels like the game was built around option 2. Mm-hmm. Because it's so fun. <laughs> because it's so fun, and I want, I want to drink the lasers because they, oh, look, they look yummy. When you just spin them around, you spin them yeah. around. Even when you don't need to, you just spin them. Yeah, you yeah. wave them because it feels good. And you're just like, I am current firing this entire area just in yeah. case an enemy shows up. They're dead already. They're done. It feels like, oh yeah, this is a treasure game. Was my reaction to it that? It definitely splits the difference, I think, between yeah. feeling like a crazy version of old Gradius while also mm-hmm. being like that treasure touch. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is that the music is done by the guy who did. Radiant Silver Gun. Mm-hmm. Oh. So there's a like at least one kind of nod to that. I yeah, think there is right at the time travel part. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. And that's yeah. all, it's also the composer of Dragon Quarter. Yep. Because <laughs> I was good. I was listening to the Dragon Quarter soundtrack and I'm like, this sounds a lot like La- Radiant Silver. Yeah. Gun. And I looked and it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You should play Dragon Quarter. Maybe they should freaking put it on PSN. They really should. Because that like, game, what the hell, Konami? That game, to- yeah. that game totally deserves more exposure. Especially, it would do real fucking good today. I'm telling you. Yeah. While well, I was the- going through boxes, I found a bunch of PS2 games. I was like, oh, I should buy a new PS2 because my old, old one broke. And I really like PS2 games. Mm. Yeah. Don't want to be without PS2 games. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of good ones I haven't played. It sucks because you can play most of that stuff on a PS3. Yeah. Through, you know, they put yeah. it, most of it up on the store now. Like, even, like, Mega Man Legends and stuff that are mm-hmm. on there. Well, but not yeah. Dragon Quarter. But not Dragon not Quarter. Hey, Dragon did you know Quarter. that my, my brother also said, hey, I need to borrow the PS3 for a while and maybe forever. And uh, and now, mm-hmm. also, you can't play PS1 classics on the PS4. Nope. Even though I own them, it, it hurts. That's, like, the one thing because the PS4 is such a nice piece of tech. 
Oh, it's it so hurts. good! It's really, so good, really, but like, God, that hurts. I've been playing. You know, I haven't played mine a lot, but that's just because you know I haven't really felt yeah. a lot like video games over the last four or five mm. months. But I really love the PS4. I think I've loved more PS4 games than I have PS3 games. <laughs> wow! Incredible! Oh. Incredible! Yeah, just in the I mean, last six months. Yeah, the PS4 UI just feels good. Oh, it's slick. so good. Like, and, like, when I go back to the PS3, I just remember things. And I only had that thing since, like, a couple years. Mm-hmm, like, I had mm-hmm. it after the PS4 was already out. But stuff like account management download list to download oh, your stuff is, like, God. insane. Why did they do it like that? That entire UI is a fucking disaster. It, it really is. Uh, the one so I, might wind up, I might wind up when I'm moving just getting a new another PS2 and another PS3 if I can. Oh. Just over time. Yeah, they're cheap at this point. I wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't. Instead try. of trying to, like, finagle it with family, like, uh, can I have it back? Yeah. Just, yeah. Some, it. Sometimes it's just not worth it. Like, I remember loaning my copy of uh, Fantasy Star Online um, Episode 3 to someone because they wanted to play it. And it was, it, was like, and I never got it back, so I just went out and just fucking bought another one. I was like, fuck it, I'm never getting this thing back. <laughs> when was that? Because isn't that one rare now? Oh, it's super rare now. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you didn't pay too much. For no, I only paid money. twenty. I only paid twenty bucks to buy it again. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Because it's probably like a hundred now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's greatest five. Yeah, I'm just kind of doing like one run every couple days just to kind of keep it's it a in game. my mind, but not. I don't want to bang my head against it because it's way too yeah. hard. It's a game that I like. The... When it came out, that is a game I enjoyed sitting down intimately and learning top to bottom. Like, you know, you get that feeling of, like, I'm learning a little more. I'm getting a little better every time. Yeah. Like, it had been a long time since I played a game like that. And that's, yeah. like, kind of the impression that game always left on me was just, like, I like, I really liked learning that game. Cool. Yeah. That was kind of my experience How... recently with the. Oh. How long is it? Uh, seven stages, I want to say. I thought it was eight. I thought it, it might was be eight. eight. The it eighth might one be is eight. really easy. Yeah, the eighth one is super easy, but that's just because Gradius. Yeah. <clears throat> huh. So I'm actually closer than I think. Then, if I'm on six. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, is seven the speed stage? It's 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 a kind of a crazy mother bitch. You're gonna definitely be seeing a lot there's of There's a NeoGAF thread about this game actually really recently and people, you know, praising it and mm-hmm. someone's like, Yeah, the speed stage is like my favorite stage ever in a smop. It's like, pretty oh. good, I'll say that. <laughs> it's pretty good. So like I get to stage six and I think six was the speed stage in in Gradius three, and I'm like, yeah. All right, time to buy some speed and then it ends up being like this poison bullshit level and I'm like, Oh no, and I've got like three speeds on. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I've realized about that game, like I think my trouble at the start was I was buying way too many speeds. Like, you're good with one. I only buy two, seems. ever. Yeah. Do you play on uh, Respawn mode, or do you play on Classic? Uh, respawn, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Because I, 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 play, I play it on Classic now. So. Gotcha. I was about to say, that's, like, one of the cool things about Gradius Five is that it has that Respawn mode. Yeah, you can like, play it either way. You can play it Classic style, or you can play it uh, with uh, Salamander rules. And that just goes, yeah, Salamander Life Force. And that just goes, both Gradius 5 and Life Force are probably the greatest games I've played the most. And it's, I feel like they, those toy those tools go a long way to avoid kind of the, oh, one, one and done. Yeah. If you're doing oh, respawn yes. mode, do you keep your options? Nope. 
Oh, that's insane, that fuck that. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> crazy. It's pretty hard. I I literally don't understand how to restart in that game without any. Because, like, there is a stage select mode, like, mm-hmm. to practice a stage, but you just start with nothing. It's like, uh, I'm trying to roll in here with, like, four options and a laser at least. <laughs> Use the Konami so code at the pause menu. Oh, okay. Hey, Rhett, Polly's beaten Gradius 3 Arcade in one credit. Yeah. So... Yeah, just don't die once and you're good. <laughs> yeah, basically, in Gradius 3, don't fucking die. You're done yeah. if you do. I mean, it's like that's all of them, basically. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, our type 1 legit. I'm really hoping to do that at some point because you really can't die if you want to beat mm. those last three or four <laughs> <sighs> So it's like I want to practice stage 5 in Gradius 5, but it's like I cannot destroy all those asteroids fast enough with the pea shooter. Yeah, um, there's a there's a power up code you can use. Okay, oh, that good. makes things more reasonable for practicing. Yeah. So, Polly, what you been up to? I'm making games. Woo! Yeah. And I can't really talk much about them. <laughs> okay. So that's basically yeah, like uh, Polly Dungeon is about to kind of hit uh, hyperdrive uh, here in a week or two. Uh, and I'm really hoping that, like, once I get cranking on that, we can get that thing out of the door in relative order. Um, we got, uh, somebody else on the team helping out, somebody that I've kind of, somebody I've wanted to do some work with for a while, and when they kind of heard about the idea, they were just kind of like, hey, Alec, you got, like, I hear you've got a, a roguelike project you're wanting some help with, and I'm like, hey, yeah, let me explain the idea to you, and then they were just like, yeah, I'm totally on board with this if you want some help. Like, because, man, I'll tell you, generating just 10 floors of content by myself, still pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. That was probably smart to trim it a bit. Trim so, it a bit. yeah, yeah, we, we dropped from 20 to 10 floors. But, you know, <laughs> like, late last year was that decision was made. And now, like, uh, now that I've got kind of, like, somebody else to kind of help ideas and content move forward. I think that this game's going to get done a lot sooner now. Uh, I'm starting to feel a lot more confident about it getting done. Uh, I'm not, again, I'm not going to put a timetable on it because when you do that, you jinx yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I'm definitely feeling that it's going to be out uh, in, in some timely manner. There's like another project that kind of just got started, uh, but it's mostly just kind of like blocked out at the moment there's nothing mm-hmm. there's nothing beyond a main menu made for this thing yet um but uh, is it a different project it's a different project yeah gotcha. um okay. what engine uh i'm not saying it's a, ooh, ooh. yeah you just okay. gonna have to wait and find out mm-hmm. uh but yeah like i don't have anything other than like how this game Kind of like you know, you know how you you design a game. You block everything out first. You kind of want to, yeah, yeah. You want to get everything I, together first. I open MS or what's Notepad, yeah, and I write explosions. Explosions. <laughs> That's my design then doc. Space. Yeah. Space, space explosions. Space explosions. Then, girls. Cute. Cute girls. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably lesbians. Yes. Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Lesbians and then like ten question marks. And ten question marks, yeah. That's been my that's been my is that, that's every anime right now. Is yeah, like, that's every maybe anime. Either lesbians. Lesbo bait, I guess they call it. 
Yuri Bait. Yuri Bait. Never heard that, but okay. That one heard, yeah. Like I've heard both. I've heard Yuri Bait and Lesbo Bait. So gotcha. So, but yeah, like there's not a whole lot I can really talk about in regards to the games I'm working on because I, I'm not the kind of person that likes to spoil things. Like I don't want you to know like the intricate mechanics of Poly Dungeon. Like this is something you will just experience the day it comes out. Like, I just kind of like things being secret. The other the other game, it's just like, I don't want you to know what it is. Mm-hmm. So. And then I wrote, a, like, a 2,000-word essay about my, one of my games before putting it out. Yeah, <laughs> might want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. So, John! Oh, that, we're, we're, quickies are yeah, that was a quickie. Yeah, that was a quickie. That's kind of how you do a quickie, y'all. Yeah, I should probably try better there. <laughs> Learn to trim it up, fire. It's I'm like so pubic good. hair. Trim it up a bit. I feel you. I do. I mean, what? Whoa. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. What else you been up to? Well, I beat Mario 64. And I was like, oh, hey. Nintendo 64 games are the best game thing ever, basically. Right? No, not really. Okay. Well, I mean, Nintendo. The, I, there are like three good Nintendo sixty four games. <laughs> okay, so in the past year and a half, I played Majora's Mask. Uh huh. I went back and played the shit out of Star Fox sixty four for really the first time. I'd kind of gotten through it on in a in a emulator briefly. Yeah, that game is great. Yeah, there's um, more than three good games. Um. I played Mario 64 and fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, so whatever anyone can say about the N64, it's got at least three, like, kind of fucking masterpieces. <laughs> Why don't we go see if we can make that four? And I booted up Ocarina of Time. Okay. Well, that's, I think, like, I you know, there are a few people like that game. <laughs> yeah. So I'd come off of kind of a weird playthrough of Link's Awakening where I'd, I'd beaten that game, like, four times, so... Mm-hmm it's pretty breezy and quick for me at this point, and I think that wasn't really what I needed right now. I kind of want more of that Bloodborne paying my head against the thing. Mm-hmm. And because uh, and because all of your 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 game-making friends on Twitter don't like Link's Awakening, you hate it now? No, I'm just saying, I, that, was, that was my experience, and I also lost my file right before the dungeon design like, explodes. Oh, like dungeon yeah? Seven and eight. That can be so, a little like, bit of a pain. I know what it's like to lose a save file in that game, believe me. Yeah, so I was feeling real... Is there there a non-crude way to say blue bulb? Because I I couldn't do the really, really fun parts of that game, and then I was like, ugh. So I was feeling, like, kind of... Blue bulb. Weird and skeptical. Weird and... I'm sorry? (laughs) Blue bulb. Just... Just weird and skeptical about Zelda in general. Mm-hmm. And then I booted up Ocarina of Time and played it for like a half hour. And I was like, wow, there sure are a lot more words in this game than in Mario. Yeah, um, yeah, there are. And then I went to bed kind of like, ah, it's probably not going to do that. Then I woke up the next day and then played it for like three hours. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm, this is okay. It's pretty fun. And then... Basically, um, I played through the kids section of the game. Yeah. Um, so, th- 
Lots of people should talk Ocarina of Time all the time. Lots of smart people should talk Ocarina oh of Time God. all the time. I can't stand Who those are you people? following? Yeah, like the people like, you Ocarina follow. Like, like the they fuck? honestly strike me as contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Like they, also, they're the literal gaming hipsters. <laughs> I've chilled out on that a lot, believe it or not. I'm uh, glad. I'm glad because, yeah. good lord, those people will drive you insane. Because also there's a lot of compl- there's a lot of things to think about with Zelda. It's a complicated thing, um, like with like Link is Awakening. Like I knew that I know that that's a very very good thing, and also I had some complicated reactions to like, it. Complicated. It's like kids sword triangle. Go. Because <laughs> I'd also played Majora's Mask in the NES games since my last replay of that, and loved them so much. And Link's mm-hmm. Awakening and Link to the Past don't have a lot of that kind of miserableness that I like. Um, <laughs> Again, it's just so, like John wants the bad Zelda. So <laughs> the well-designed, yeah. well-paced Zelda. So I got, I played Ocarina, so I played Ocarina of Time up through the kids section of the game, and like, there's a lot of words and cutscenes, mm-hmm. and yeah. the dungeons are pretty easy. They don't have keys, which is kind of clever, I think, where they have, they structure all the dungeons without any keys. Yeah, it's, cool. it's really they smart. They have a girl you can pick up as and use as a key. And use as a yeah. key. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the closest any of the dungeons came to being taxing, and it, it wasn't until the very last bit where she had been taken, and there was a door I needed to hold down, and I was like, "Where is she?" And it ran around the whole dungeon, and then there was just a box in the corner. Oh my god! I remember the fucking quick look for the 3DS <laughs> version of this game. <gasps> Brad Shoemaker oh spent 45 minutes not <laughs> finding the box. That was that was me, basically. Um, oh, yes, that was you. Multiple times, apparently. Um, so, aside from that one little <laughs> hiccup, I was like, oh, okay, so this is this is like Lake's Awakening. It's a really fun, breezy baby game for babies. Um, <laughs> well, that's what it is, really. Um, with lots of cutscenes. I'm just enjoying it like a visual novel. I'm there just you go. through it. Enjoying these ca- cool character moments. Non-taxing. Non-taxing. It's having a good time. So once you get become a grown-up in Link's o- in Link- Ocarina of Time, that game becomes, like, a miserable slog. <laughs> what? I can't believe your reaction to this game. But in, like, but in, like not a bad way. Um... So all of the cutscenes, there's like next to no cutscenes in Adult Link time. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, the owl's gone. Yep. Um, every place in the game that you've been to is like dying and overrun with monsters. Yep. Um, like in the Dark World of Link to the Past, everything is very graphically perverted and just and changed and you know made gross. <laughs> Yeah, there's like, like there's the evil realm. There's subtlety to what Ocarina of Time does with that yeah. idea. Yeah, you step out of Hyrule Town and then it plays the regular song and the and it's the sky is blue and everything. Mm-hmm. So for a little bit, I was like, oh, this is just like Link to the Past but worse. Um, but then every location is made worse in different ways. Mm-hmm. So basically, the arc of the game is you find all these places as a kid and they're beautiful and lovely and everyone's nice. And then you slowly fix the world after Ganon destroys it. Yeah. Uh, piece by piece. Um, so I got to the Forest Temple as an adult, and it took me like three hours. 
I was sitting on Twitter just laughing my fucking ass off at you. And you just so getting hard. you were getting so mad at the easy one. The fucking easy one. Last time was not the easy one. That was still like the hardest one. God. <laughs> Has like the hardest puzzle. Shoot the paintings? <laughs> what the fuck? Nothing ever teaches you about that. Well, then just the eyeballs early in the game, and you know, and, and, and you know, it was, <laughs> it was really hard. That's all. Oh, come on. So I spent like three hours in the forest temple, <laughs> and the dungeons are all like, there's nobody in them generally. Mm. Like, sometimes there'll be some NPC interactions in dungeons. Not usually. Um, there's no music in the same sense as, like, the early games where they'll have the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, like, the music is very pronounced and very melodic, like, like outwardly melodic. melodic in the, as Kid Link going through the dungeons, and in, dar- in uh, as, an, as an adult, it's much more muted uh, and yeah. reserved. And of the five temples, the forest temple is the only one with music that's actively grating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're only saying well, that because you spent so long there, because you're a doofus. Oh, it's miserable. Um, and then the boss is not that hard, but it was still cool. Yeah. Um, so I spent a million years in the fo- a, a billion years in the forest temple. <laughs> um, I wish I I wish I had had the good. The, the mind about me to go back and grab some of your tweets while you were going through the fucking forest temple. <laughs> yeah, there was some gold there. I definitely want to do the thing where I like I take the ocarina box and just put John quotes on it. Yeah, like, <laughs> mildly insufferable or something. Uh, a miserable slog is what I. Yeah, think. that's another one. So then I get to the fire temple, and this was the easy one because. Oh, no, only- wait, wait. You had a long time getting to... Yeah, let's talk about the trip getting there. God. Because after the Forest Temple, they unlocked the ability to go back to being Kid Link. So I was like, oh, I need the red tunic, right? So then I went to being... So then I spent a million years finding the shop where I could be red, (laughs) get the red tunic, and then you can't buy it. (laughs) Wait. They just put it in the shop. Yeah, you can't get it yet. But you can't ever buy it? Not as a kid? No, not as a kid. And the shop is closed as an adult. Oh my god, that's really funny. It's real trolly. So then I'm running around Death Mountain as an adult, running around Death Mountain as a kid, teleporting, having to traps back to the temple, back from the Temple of Time to like, the Goron Mountain, tra- going up to the thing, trying to, running around the mountain <laughs> breaker while the timer's ticking down, because I don't have the red tunic, and I can't, and I can't... <clears throat> Then there's like this platform that's just out of reach, as in the mountain crater, and I can't quite reach it. And I keep jumping into the lava, and then there's another platform where if you jump and just do it right, then you'll fall all the way down and then get a bunch of rupees. And then I found the secret heart container there, but I couldn't jump that one gap. And then I run around the thing, and after like two hours, like an hour and a half or something, I like, all right, all right, I'm looking at a guy. I'm looking at a guide because my my playthrough had already been um, what's the word tainted uh, tainted yes because I I had somewhat I had multiple people reveal where the um, sculptulas were so it's like okay the purity is gone uh, how to get the bigger wallet so might as well just look it up and I had to oh I just had to throw a bomb at a child 
<laughs> he's, he's all rolling around there. Yeah. Hey, stop. Stop, Damn, buddy. He's afraid of me, and he thinks I'm a I'm a person of Ganondorf. And I'm like, oh, well, the solution is just to try to fucking murder him, I guess. And then <laughs> he'll talk to me. And then I get the and then I get the tunic. And then I go up there. And then I still can't get even with the tunic. I can't cross that gap. And then the solution was that I had to talk to the kid again, and he'd tell me that I could go through the secret passage, and then that would take me to the dungeon. And then I got to the dungeon. <sighs> and then this was the easy dungeon, because it only took me an hour and a half. Yeah. An hour and a half! That one's not to too bad. Uh, do you know how long, like, Link to the Past dungeons take? Like, eh, 7 to 15 minutes. Basically. <laughs> I've been in that game, like, 7 times, and now I can chew through it and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can probably beat Link to the Past in the time it takes to beat like two or three Ocarina Dungeons for the first time. They're big and complex, and that was a real fucking cool thing for its time. It was. I'm not... I, that's that's the thing, is that while I'm saying all this, these are not value judgments. They're just statements of my experience with it. Yeah. And so it's not even like saying this is a bad thing. Well, okay, bombing the kid was a bad... Was a bad. <laughs> moment but most for aside from that like the forest temple was rock solid the shooting the painting thing is totally um clever and if i'd been a little bit more thoughtful going through that room Hmm. things would have been fine because generally (laughs) every time i got into trouble it's because i was trying to be clever Mm. and like oh i can just go back as a kid and then i can buy the suit in this other part of the world or maybe i need to go to lake hillia for some shit i don't know (laughs) but no it's the solution was oh it's in order to get into the dungeon on Death Mountain, I have to do something in the Gorons area. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, as an adult. Like, you almost never have to actually go back as a kid. Also, I I think there were, like, 20 heart pieces left or something when I beat the game, even though I thought I'd gotten a lot of them. Yeah, that game's like, that's kind of like when the series started having a shit ton of heart pieces. Yeah. You'd, you'd end the game at something like 20 or 30 hearts. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. In, like, Twilight Princess, they, like, upped it from needing four to five pieces for a heart. Did they? Yeah. It was kind of weird. And then, um, Link Between Worlds and Phantom Hourglass just gives you actual fucking heart containers. Yeah, yeah. You don't don't feel anything getting a heart piece besides, oh, I am closer to 100%. It doesn't actually practically make your life easier. Yeah, I don't like the idea of heart pieces at all. I think that was a miscalculation. Yeah. Um, one of the many problems linked to the past introduced to the Zelda formula when you think about it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think we can all agree that. Oh, totally. Um, so I got through the fire temple and it was not too hard. And then I got to the water temple. Um, and I, the getting to the water temple wasn't too taxing either. Nah, that was pretty um, easy. I gave this game to Anna, like, Hey, Anna, play... Th- like, when she had just gotten started with games, like, hey, play this fun nice Zelda game. Everyone That's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Because even the kids' stuff, there's a lot of... Yeah, there's like, a lot of stuff you kind of have to know from the Zelda language, really, uh, in uh, order to, to, to interface with it well. You know that Seven Chickens side quest in Kirikiko Village? Yeah? I kept... I, I had, like, four 20-minute attempts at solving that. Over the course of the entire game, and we finally solved it near the end. Like we, um, someone someone revealed the that I could use the chickens to fly over, and then that was yeah, one of them. that's 
Then there was a seventh one, and I couldn't find it. Also, an NPC does tell you that if you hold a Coco, that if you jump somewhere, you'll actually... And you'll actually fly, kind of float down. So well, that's something they tell you in game. Of course, of course, they tell. Maybe you should just talk to the NPCs more. Yeah, maybe. I did talk to the. Thought I talked to them plenty, but why did you talk to the NPCs in a video game? I'm sorry, I'm not good, getting good enough for y'all. So he's thinking it's like Dark Souls where. The NPCs just lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> Bloodborne especially, too. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep going through step by step until we get to the end here. Um, okay. So I got to the Water Temple. And, that and one's all easy, had, so. everyone had been like, ooh, this is the scariest thing in the world. But aside from a little bit at the very beginning where I couldn't figure out how to get from what raised the first raising the water level. Like, I lowered the water level, and then I couldn't figure out how to get to the next part to raise it. Except, and you know how I solved that? Yeah. I restarted. I re, I was I was trying to be too clever. I restarted the game, went to the top of the dungeon, and then walked around the middle because which I couldn't reach. And I was like, I know there's a way to get up here from the bottom level because the game isn't broken. Right. Um, and then I found the ho- little hookshot thing that I didn't see earlier. That let me go. do it. You just gotta look around sometimes. I'm sorry, Polly. Apparently, I wasn't <laughs> quite observant enough. Did, like. I played this game without a guide, and I didn't really have any problems with it. Well, you also played the 3DS version, didn't you, Polly? And it has a little hint box that they give into It doesn't Adam really do that much hand-holding, though. Like, I don't think... Like, I've seen numerous N64 playthroughs of this game, and that game is really no different on the 3DS, other than looking prettier, and there's one small part of the fucking water temple that they added an arrow to because the hardest thing to make a player do in a video game is to make them look up. Well, I looked up just fine, thank you very much. Um, the one, the uh, hardest puzzle in the game. The one part we thought was going to take was him fine. all night. So... I um so the the water temple was weird because aside from that one bit near the beginning, it felt like I was making progress continuously for the whole time I was playing it, mm-hmm. and it still took two and a half hours. <laughs> I was like continuously having like oh yay there's a key and oh yay I found there I can use this door now oh for hooray I'm oh cool mini boss time oh better go get some hearts some fairies so I can fight the mini boss and oh that's how you beat the mini boss okay that only took three tries. And I had my nice little checkpoint spell that I could put right in the boss room, so I didn't have to nice. walk in there every time. Um, yeah, I use Feyre's window a lot. It kicks ass. Yeah, that's really smart. Um, I really love how, though, like you're in that one environment for so long, and then you get to the Dark Link room, and it's just this big, open experience. Yeah. Like, Fucking that, gorgeous. That's such a cool subversion of what you expect. Yeah. Moment. yeah. And then and you yeah, win by just smashing until, the hammer down. He doesn't appear until you've shown up, until you've... Um, yeah. Walk through the room once yeah. too. The best. It's really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Only thing they probably could have upped it would be if they um, d- hadn't played the regular mini boss music. Yeah, yeah. Um, but aside from that, like very rock solid set piece. Um, and then I got to the boss, and I had like, and it took takes forever. Yeah, and I had like fairies, and then I used both of them, and then I had like two and a half hearts when I finished the boss. Yeah, that boss so is kind of annoying. So. Because the hook shotting is very temperamental with yeah. on that boss. Um, so two and a half hours. <laughs> even though it didn't feel that hard, it was so taxing. It was so long. It's because your so brain's constantly working. 
yeah, my brain was constantly working because I'd learned that in the Forest Temple that if I'm not paying attention, then <laughs> shit's going to go sour for me. Yeah. So I, I wound up spending like a half hour in one room with just a Sculptula. Uh, <laughs> even though, and I still never figured it out, but I figured <laughs> there might be a key here. There might be a key here. And I'd be fucked later on if I don't find that key. Ah, it's just a Sculptula skittering uh-huh. around. And then... I found the map, and there was no chest in that room. But there's two points in all of Ocarina of Time where you get the map and the compass, and the key you need to progress is not in a chest. Yep. Two points. Two points. Both of them almost gave me a heart attack. We're like, I was like, the first time when I found it in the Forest Temple or wherever, it was like, oh, okay, that could have been bad. Yeah. And the second one was in the Shadow Temple where I just had to, like, I was like, oh, my God, there must be a key somewhere that's not on the map. What am I gonna fucking do? Um, so I finished the water temple and then I got to the spirit temple after the murder stealth section where I, I wound up looking it up because it was boring as shit. Um, and I found out that you could found out you could shoot them with arrows. Yeah. And then I found that out by by a John and I'm just like, oh, really? Yeah. That part's <laughs> not so great. Yeah, it's kind of the worst part, I think. Um, aside from that, it's all very clever. Um, also, you, you sh- he shoots them with arrows, and he fights the ones with swords. Why does he just, like, go, oh, hands up, sorry. Yeah, it, it's, it's a real inconsistent. Yeah, it's contrived. Doesn't, like, the, the guards one at least, like, makes sense in the fiction. Yeah. So... <laughs> So I get to the spirit temple, and then I'm like, and then I find out I have to go back to being a kid to do it, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna take a while. So I went. I was like, where? I don't even know where the shadow temple is. I think it might be the graveyard. And then I go to Karikiko Village, and it's on fire. Oh dear. <laughs> um. So the shadow temple. I'm glad I did the shadow temple first because it's also the easiest temple, or it was for me. It's pretty easy. Um. But it's super stylish. Definitely. Just oozing that style like a lot of them the fire temple and the water temple um feel kind of like are kind of boring stylistically i think yeah style think, from a stylistic point yeah i think um i think the water i think the forest temple and the water temple were probably my favorite because they gave me the most existential dread <laughs> uh, but the shadow temple was cool and then the spirit temple was real cool too but it took me like two hours two and a half hours <laughs> oh my god so i have a question because i never don't remember. Do you have to go through the desert again as a kid? No. She gives oh, you she, oh, okay. she gives you the um this magic She yeah. doesn't give it to you before you go into the dungeon. She gives it to you after you step back out. So I had a heart I had another oh. like Oh my god, oh my god. Do I not have to go through as a kid? Oh. Um and then I found a, a patch of dirt outside that let me plant a thing and I was like, Oh, I'll plant some here and then I'll be able to go into the dungeon as an adult. And then I went there and it gave me a heart piece. And then I had to go back to, to Temple of Time, go back, turn into a kid, go back to the temple. Um, and then there's a puzzle where you have to talk to Neburu, and she gives you, she says, like, do you want to go into the temple? Do you want to know me better or nothing? And then I selected the first two, and she blew me off. So I went back to the Temple of Time, turned into an adult, went back, looked around, couldn't find anything, went back to the Temple of Time, turned into a kid, went back, and it turns out you have to say, no, I don't nah, want anything. No, I don't want anything. And then she'll, and then it'll progress. And I'm yeah. like, all right. I'd been just a little bit more patient. Really? Yeah. I'd been just, a, just been just a little bit more careful that it wouldn't that it wouldn't have been a problem, John. 
would have been okay. This all self-inflicted uh, heartache. The time um, travel is pretty cumbersome. Yeah. Um, but I had the magic song, so it didn't take that long. So then I get to the end of the dungeon, and I go down on this elevator, and there's this face, and I'm flashing it with my light, and nothing's happening. And then I fall down, and I run back up, and I have to do this one like weird navig- like panels that are moving into spikes that I have to climb up. And then I climb up, and then the spider's there that I've forgotten about. And knocks it down, and I climb up, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Anna, can you help me figure out what to do? And then I fall back down, and then I climb back up, and I forget about the spider, and it knocks me down. <laughs> and I look up, I shoot it with my hook shot, and I climb back up, and I get hit on the spikes, and I climb back up. And then I sit on the thing, staring at the space of the statue, like, end of the bo- last dungeon in sight. What do you want from me? Let me through, please! I just want to finish the game. Please. And it turns out you just have to hold your shield light on it for a few seconds. Yeah. And then after you hold it for a few seconds, then it starts to crack. Yeah. I'm getting, like, flashbacks. Just, oh my god. Okay. And then I beat the... What was the spirit... Oh, the spirit temple boss is cool. Yes. Twin Robo. has, like, three phases. I think it was a missed opportunity where they, um... Twin Robo, when she's alternating between the red and the blue magic, mm-hmm. it's not random. I think no. she just does three red, three blue, three red, three blue. And I think it would have been way more, like, kinetic and exciting if she if you'd had to be like, all right, is she going to do red or blue? Yeah, and it wouldn't, should... be, it wouldn't be that hard to adjust for it either. Exactly. It would have been easy to program, and it would have made... And said it was just kind of boring once it got to that part of the phase. Um, when, once I solved the puzzle, it was like, oh, okay, now I just have to do this for five more minutes. Yeah. Um, so that was th- those were my only like complaints with Ocarina were like those little micro moments where it's like, okay, I would have done this slightly differently. There's no like, oh, uh, or um, except that uh, I think Hyrule Field's kind of dumb. Yeah, it's kind of empty, empty and mostly yeah. useless. It's again it's there. Like, it, it's there to make shit feel big. Yeah. Like again, for when that game came out though, ninety eight, like that yeah. was a massive like technical achievement having an area that big. Yeah. Even yeah. if it is pretty empty. So it's cool and it makes and it's functional. It does make things feel big. It's just like yeah. today coming at it, it's the only thing in the game that feels like a shortcut. Yeah. Um, whereas the rest of the game and all of Mario sixty four is like it still holds together. It makes perfect sense. Mm. Uh it's like, okay, you had to make this as several, a bunch of different stages, and you wanted to make it feel like this big epic thing, so you put a giant field in the you middle of it You put a big all. field in instead of a castle where you jump into paintings, which is exactly how um, uh, Ocarina of Time started out. It started out as just a simple hub world with worlds that you went into. Gotcha. I mean, that's, so what, that's what the original Legend of Zelda started with, <clears throat> was... Um, it was just going to be the eight dungeons, I think. And then they had the, the overworld idea. Yeah. Oh. So that was what that was what hit me with Ocarina, was this is a dungeon game. This is a game where I'm doing the dungeons. Yeah. And that is, that is yeah. the game. Like, there's a lot of cool overworld stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I wish I'd spent more time with it, but I was so, like, drained from the dungeons that it, I wound... It, it was this perpetuating cycle, because I was so drained from the dungeons... I wanted the game to reach the end faster, so I'd not do the nicer overworld stuff and go straight to the next dungeon. I did yeah. more. I think you should have maybe spent more time in the overworld. Did you ever get the Big Ron sword? No, I didn't get the Big Ron sword. I got the Big Aww. Ron knife. I, I still explored a good bit. Oh, I still like got the three bottles. I got most of the. I got all the spells. 
Um, I didn't just rush, rush through. Okay. But I know I would have had if I if I, when I replay it, it'll be to spend more time in those spaces because they're sort of so good. That's cool. Like as uh-huh. Amanda. When you use the knife at the end, it breaks right when the fire goes down. It's yeah. really cool. Um, so then I go to Ganon's castle. Oh. So Ganon's castle is kind of lame um, in the sense yeah. that... It's not a very good climax in terms of just a final dungeon. Of course, at that point, I was really... I didn't want any more dungeons. Yeah, I think you... This game has so many dungeons. They're so long. They're so long, y'all. There's so many. There's like nine dungeons or some shit. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh my god. And then I was like, okay, at least Ganon's castle will be easy. Because it's just six disconnected bullshit little obstacle courses to get through. But then, like, I got to one area, and it's like, oh, no, I need the fire arrows to do this. I never found the fire arrows. <laughs> um, and it was to shoot a web on a ceiling. And yeah. then I Googled it. And then someone said, oh, no, you can just shoot yeah, an just arrow sh- or a torch in the next room. Yeah. It's weird. It doesn't feel, it almost doesn't feel intentional, but I, may, but I did that. And then I got to the next area, and... Um, I re- this is I was very tired at this point, so I, I started being lazy, um, yeah. and I I realized oh sh- I I ran around that silver rupee fire room for a million years, and I was like oh god I need the better gauntlets, don't I? I'd forgotten that they were even a thing. I was confused when I couldn't pick up the big one with the silver oh. gauntlets. Oh, and I was like, where are those? Are they just some? Are they in Lake? Where are they going to be? And I googled it, and it's oh it's in a different yeah. area, of the castle. And I was like oh if I'd just been Slightly more patient, things would have been fine. I hope. I'm, is this okay? I'm going into this so in depth. I hope Don't worry, funny. we'll just cut off time on your next one. Right. <laughs> um, we're almost done. Okay, yeah, we're almost done. So I find the silver gauntlets, and then I find a puzzle where you can just barely not reach it if you use din fires, din's fire on a torch. Mm-hmm. It's just barely not enough time. <laughs> but I tried. I tried for a good 20 minutes. Gave it your all. I gave it my all. This was another thing I was laughing about on Twitter. So I'm pretty sure I needed the fire arrows. And I was like, all right, Google, where are the fire arrows? And then I go, oh, a fucking course. That's where they are. I tried that. And then I was like, eh, it doesn't matter. It's probably just a heart piece or some shit. It's so good. It's so good. Wait, where are they? Lake Hylia. You have to shoot the sun. You have to shoot the sun while looking at it. I did that, but I didn't. I did it too late in the day. I should have done yeah. it right as it was sun, sunrise. Um, I think you have to be standing on that specific platform as well. Uh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay. <laughs> um, so then I got the fire arrows, and then I got through the rest of the dungeon, no problem, until a like light ate my red tunic before I did the fire t- t- section. Oh my god, we saw that happen to Eric once on stream when he was streaming it too. It was so good! And then it, it eats it, and then it knocked me off into the pit, and yep. I went back and killed it, and then no red tunic. So I had to leave the dungeon, <laughs> go to... Well, first go to the fairy that doubles my HP. Your HP, like, yeah. Well, way to make the heart pieces feel that much more important. Yeah. Um, and then I go back to Goron's Mountain, and there's no immediately quick. There's no quick um, 
I guess there is a quick one. Shit. I could have just walked yeah. to the fire temple and then gone through the shortcut. Oh, okay. Oh, man. When this I happened, there. When this happened to Eric, he was so mad. It was so <laughs> I was just, good. I was just like, no, yeah, of course that would happen. To this. It was the first thing that happened when I booted up the game the next morning because I quit after I, the fire arrows thing. Fantastic. Uh, first thing that happened. Um, and then I got the fire arrows and I got the red tunic and I went back and I did the rest of the things. And then... The coolest fucking climax in a video game happens. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that dungeon uh, sucks, but once you get to that spiral staircase, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a fucking master, masterwork climax. Something amazing. both you and Chelsea mentioned on Twitter <laughs> is how Ganon does not have a subtitle. Yep. Like, every boss has, like, you know, like, the man slaying butthole. <laughs> And then when you get yeah, to Ganon, exactly it's exactly what it says. Yeah, it is exactly what it says. <laughs> but you I mean, get to Ganon. Actually, in the beta for Ocarina of Time, it does say Ganon, the man slaying butthole. Yeah, <laughs> you just look it up. Look it up. You'll find <laughs> Ganondorf calls himself the great king of evil when you kill him in the first phase. And that's yeah. his subtitle also. Can you imagine calling yourself, I am the king of evil? Well, I mean, he won. He's been ruling the world for Yeah, he kind of like, deserves that. You know, he earned it. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing. The way they bring up the Triforces. Some people gave me a hard time about this because if you complain about anything in Ocarina of Time, people give you a hard oh, time. Oh, yeah, about people it. are going to give you shit. Um, they bring up the Triforce splitting to the three different shards, and oh, BTW, um, they have that on. They. We are the three. Um, Zelda, Link, and Ganon are the people that have the three shards, and they bring that up right before the last dungeon. Yeah. Um. I don't mean you. I, mean, you, I don't. I don't mean you, Frank. So much. You're cool. It was a fun conversation, even though you did give me a hard time. But it was okay. Um, it's not really a spoiler, though, if you played any of the previous games. Yeah, yeah. but like, there's no reason they couldn't have foreshadowed that a little bit in Ocarina itself, right? Like, just have Link wake up as a grown up and then pan down to his hand, and there's a glowing Triforce on it, and you're like, oh, that's weird. And then he wakes up, and they, there's no mention of it. Like, easily, they could have done that. Yeah. yeah. Pant, like sheets introduce, have the Triforce glow for a second, like yeah. then, then it comes at, then when it appears at the end, it doesn't feel like it's completely out of nowhere. Um, and that would have been, because I think it plays better off as an answer to a question as opposed to a reveal to a question nobody asked. Perhaps, yeah. Um, but it's so like, if I kind of retroact, if I just kind of pretend that it felt more, just thinking about like Zelda one and two can kind of make it feel more resonant so that when you get into that big climactic thing and everyone's holding up their hands and it's real yeah. cool God, cool shit they wanted their cool anime moment yep God, it the, really is shot. an anime moment it huh? really is super anime I didn't realize that at the time but it totally is also that it's just literally a harem anime with all the oh yeah <laughs> which is pretty funny I think um so then um, that one cool shot with Le- Zelda at the top, linked to the right, and Ganon to the left in front of the organ. It's good shit. Yeah. So my favorite moment, my favorite beat in the climax, I think, actually, is um, Navi, where she cannot um, lock oh, on to Ganondorf. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's just too powerful, but then in the climax, she is like, nope, he's not going to hold me back this time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Cute thank moment. You for, thank you for being in this game, actually. 
Yeah. Um, it's cool how they're kind of blending a gameplay mechanic with a story mechanic. Like you kind yeah. of get that. Yeah. Like it goes back to Lucky to yeah, being exactly. The camera. Yeah. Like you never really think about Navi as the lock on until that moment, and it's really cool. Yeah. Yep. And then I cried a bunch during the ending. Of course. Um, of course you did. God. So I think everything in Ocarina of Time kind of depends on it being very taxing. I think I think being a grown-up is supposed to feel hard. I and it's supposed to feel nothing about that game taxing at all. <laughs> Whatever. I, I maybe... was literally the easiest fucking babby game I've ever fucking played. I was like, God, I wish I was playing an easy game like Resident Evil 2. Or Majora's uh, Mask. Okay, Majora's Mask is also... But that was obviously su- supposed to be taxing. Yeah, that game is intentionally taxing. So that's, I think that's what's cool about Majora's Mask is that they leaned into all these things about Ocarina that resonated with me. I think that um, might be partially why you're seeing these things in Ocarina. Yeah, because you grow up and then suddenly everything is different and everything is takes longer and yeah. no one is helping you. And then when you get to the end, it really feels like you've accomplished something. Like you you did save the world piece by piece and then kill the king of evil and they make killing the king of evil be the most dramatic and cool moment in the thing. Yeah, the they, they, they make it... They, 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 they sell it really well. Yeah. And they, you know, I got to the t- end of the escape sequence with 10 seconds on the timer. Nice. Like, I did not expect the timer to be cutting it that close. Get because there, you fight the two... If you get there fast you enough, you can get a kiss. Oh, that's nice. You, um... You fight the two um, skull guys. Yeah. And Stalfos. Stalfos. Yep. And if you kill one of them, and then take too long to kill the other one, they revive. Yep. And that happened once in oh. the forest temple, and I'd forgotten about it. And then it happened again, and it's like, Oh, no! It's like in the middle of an escape sequence, the worst thing that could happen. Yep. So, yeah, and then I cried a bunch during the ending, and it's and the ending is very sweet and melancholy in a cool way, mm-hmm. where all these people that you saved, you aren't with them anymore, because yep. it's time to go back. And- it's time to go back and resume things the way they were meant to be. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry that took a million years. It's okay. We just had uh, we like to thank everybody for tuning in to our Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time spoiler cast. We will catch you next time. So now that's uh, now that's concluded. Now that uh, now that we've We're all done. now that we've all collectively played through Ocarina of Time together, <laughs> y'all played along, right? I wonder well, how I mean, many. Sp- I probably could play along if you're doing like the war on warp stuff. Like, ah, I wonder how many. Than- I wonder how many <laughs> speed runs we could get finished. <laughs> Rhett, what, what have you been up to? Uh, so a while ago, I t- talked about watching the Alien movies, mm-hmm. and I really liked the first two, and then really hated the next two. <laughs> so a new one just opened up in theaters: Alien Covenant. Yeah. So I went to see this movie, even though I hadn't seen Prometheus. Which seems like a bad idea, given that, like, they're tied at the hip, aren't they? So, but it's called Alien Covenant. Yeah. And then I watch that movie, and I go, and I walk out of the theater and go, boy, they probably should have kept the working title of Prometheus, too. Because mm. it's a direct sequel yeah. with some of the same characters from Prometheus. 
and it's kind of bullshit that they just called it Alien Covenant and acted like, oh, you don't need to have seen Prometheus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the- so it's weird. I liked it in the theaters, mm-hmm. like just seeing the movie. And then I got home and looked at the discussion threads, and people fucking hate this movie. Oh, no. Well, I mean, this kind of goes along with the whole... uh, I don't remember seeing a lot of positive things being said about the first Prometheus. But then, even weirder, is a lot of people going, Man, Prometheus was way better than this new one. I'm like, what? Like like you said, I'd never seen anybody ever say anything good about Prometheus. Yeah, like ever. But like... Basically, the first things I, I saw. I mean, the first things I saw about Alien Covenant were positive, for what it's worth. So, like, it seems it, like people generally came away from it to me like a little bit, at least better than Prometheus. But it's 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 weird. It's like Alien Covenant feels like it's trying to split the difference, where it's half of it is Prometheus and then half of it is Alien. Mm-hmm. And then some people say, well, that kind of ends up pleasing nobody, where it's just kind mm-hmm. of unfocused. And then I did look at a lot of the criticism, and it's like, yeah, the characters in this movie are incredibly stupid and unrealistic, and, like, they just do the dumbest shit to get themselves killed, and it's just, like... Like, it's not satisfying that way when they just do... Mm-hmm. They act so, like... Like, you contrived. know it's coming! Mm-hmm. Like... Okay, so, like... There's a facehugger egg in this movie, mm-hmm. but it's, like, halfway through the movie... They've already been attacked by aliens at that point. So maybe when a character without a helmet on leans over and looks at this Oh my up, god. It's like, are you just completely like idiotic? Like yeah. there's no like self preservation, like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, maybe don't stare at these things with your face. So Yeah, like, probably a bad idea. Away. That was the Stop. weirdest thing in the fir- in the first Prometheus was when like someone was two people were fucking terrified of like going into a random creepy hall. Yeah. And then this vagina cobra. Yeah. Like try- and they're like, "Oh, it's so cute." Yeah. So it's that- not just it's not just being stupid, it's being inconsistent. Yeah. Ugh. So a- Alien Covenant is just full of dumb bad characters who get killed in dumb bad ways, really. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and like the other thing is that the whole setup is that everyone on this ship, because it's a colony ship, they're all couples. Oh, God. But they never spend any time establishing who is married to who and stuff. Oh, it's, weird. So it's just so that they, at some point, can show be like, my wife is down there. And oh, like, God. But, but not earn that in any way whatsoever. It's just <laughs> a plot <laughs> contrivance. Yeah. And then it still doesn't really ever pay off it for any of them. No, it, it wouldn't if you don't actually spend any time getting to know them as a couple. Yeah, and then, you know, it's an alien movie. They all die eventually. Yeah, like, people like mm-hmm. the, people are fodder, okay? Yeah, it, and the cast, it feels like by far the largest cast of any of the, like, the main ones. Besides uh, maybe Alien. Maybe Alien don't. 3 has more, but it's probably on that level of, like... 20 characters. Can we stop with big casts in alien movies? We don't need a big cast for movies like this. It's so obvious. Just watching like Alien or Aliens. Yeah. You just don't get any time with any of them to really... like. There's maybe two characters that they kind of develop. Mm -hmm. And and then even like the main girl like is kind of has no personality. Oh, jeez. 
So, like, at the end when she's one of the last ones left alive and all of a sudden she turns into a total badass, it just feels, like, totally unearned. Mm -hmm. Because, like, she's kind of done nothing the whole movie and all of a sudden she, like, grabs a gun and jumps outside and starts fighting the Xenomorph one-on-one. And I'm like, what? What are you doing? What the fuck? (laughs) It's not quite how Alien... That's not, yeah. It's it's maybe a little of aliens in there as well. Yeah. But, so at the same time, though, like, I still enjoyed the movie, maybe before spending any time thinking about it whatsoever. And that's okay. I mean, there's something to be said for the experience of watching something and enjoying it in the moment. Yeah, so in the moment, it was fine enough, I think. And, Mm -hmm. like, again having just come off of Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection, Mm -hmm. this seemed like fucking gold in comparison. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. And I would still say it's better than those, because, oh my god, those movies are both so... Like, Alien Resurrection is funny as a comedy, because it's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) So this one's just like, it's maybe a mid-tier Alien movie, but it's at least trying. Yeah, yeah. And then, so there's one character that's pretty good, but then I think another problem people have with this movie is that Anything they do prequel wise ruins the lore of Alien One. Yeah, further they, and further. they're yeah, they're just further and further dragging it through the mud. Yeah, so like again, like the Xenomorph showing up in this movie, you know, it's cheapens kinda, yeah. the first movie now, and like yeah. giving a concrete origin to the Xenomorph really cheapens that yeah. first movie as well. Yeah. So I think hey, that's did a you want to know? Did you want to know who the weird guy in the? controller seat was now you now we have a whole movie about that yeah so i i will say though that i really liked the ending of alien covenant so i think there's a potential for a really good third movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) to connect to alien and just finish it off just be done just like yeah yeah (laughs) because alien covenant ends in a really interesting place oh yeah yeah is it like a just a cliffhanger or just an ominous note Maybe more of an ominous note. You're like, oh, they are all so fucked at this point. <laughs> I like those endings. Yeah. It's not a happy ending for sure. That's cool. But, uh, oh, what was I going to say? So, afterwards, we see the movie, and my dad's like, oh, I Prometheus on DVD. I'm oh, like, oh, oh I've, I've never seen that one. Weird. Uh-oh. So, la- <laughs> so last night, I figured I'd do my socks cast homework <laughs> so I could talk about it. Do your due diligence. Due diligence, yep. <laughs> I watched Prometheus. And? And I really wanted to like this movie. <laughs> you tried so hard. So, here's the thing. Prometheus has a way better story and way better characters uh-huh. than Alien Covenant. Like, the characters in Prometheus are at least distinct in ways where I can tell who's who. Mm-hmm. And, like, they all kind of have their one personality quirk. And, like, the story of it is way more interesting, where it's like they're going to discover, like, this ancient alien race that may have created humans. Mm-hmm. And, like, when they get there, they find out this ancient alien race was in the process of coming back to Earth to murder everyone. Oh, shit. Like, that, that's such a good that's sci-fi. A, yeah, that's, that's so dark. Yeah, that's a good hook. Yeah. Yeah. They find the ship, and it ends up being, like, a bunch of weapons of mass destruction that was on its way to Earth. Like... That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, But then, like, the last third of that movie just makes no sense whatsoever. 
Goddamn, shit like, the bed. <laughs> the worst part of Prometheus is when it realizes, like, oh, w this is an alien movie. I guess we should have some sort of aliens in it to kill people. Right. And it just... Uh -oh. Like John said, there's a scene where, like, two characters just randomly find, like, this cobra-looking cobra alien thing, <laughs> stick their face in it, get killed, and then it's just kind of never mentioned again. And boom, we're an aliens movie now. Yeah, but, like, nothing really happens afterwards. Like, that, the cobra thing never shows up again. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, and then there's, like, the, the one that really, really cheesed me off is this one guy gets infected with the black goo, which isn't ever explained, but, like, Alien Covenant kind of gets into it a bit more. But this mm. one guy gets infected, gets, like, this horrible fever, and then he dies. Right. And then he kind of randomly comes back to life as a zombie. Oh, They open the door to the ship for some reason that I'm like, what are they doing? Like, after making a huge deal of not opening that door again, they open the door to the ship, the zombie guy runs in, kills a bunch of people, and then they never mentioned it again, like it just didn't happen. What I'm just that? like, <laughs> oh my! I'm just like half the cast is dead now, and y'all are just acting like nothing is wrong. <laughs> like like what this the is hell? when you should be taking the most precaution. They, they just randomly go back to the alien ship after all that. Like why nothing... the fuck? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Do they? I just remember the android like poisons the guy and turns him yeah. into a zombie, but they don't. Ex the android doesn't have any motivation or make sense? Yeah. Is that so the accurate? The android is one of the characters that shows up again in Covenant. So he kind of makes more sense once you've seen both. But yeah, okay. in, Prome in Prometheus alone, his actions are just, I'm just like a psychopath who just randomly poisons crew members to see what happens. Oh my god. But without like that being it, his thing either it's like it just happens uh, and isn't explained and everyone's just like like i rewatched the red letter media thing where it's just questions about prometheus and they're just like mm -hmm. is he just a secret asshole <laughs> and, and alien covenant says yes he is but <laughs> yeah okay that's that's something it's so that was, weird. that was the thing with prometheus was like none of the characters like like they felt felt distinct. Like there there yeah. wasn't a huge cast, but they didn't make sense. Like what were their motivations or actions for? It like that was like, a weird thing. Everyone's motivations make no sense by the end because they're just like being killed off, and nobody seems to care. And there's that one general lady that's being like where like the donut is rolling towards her. Yeah, and then she just was... runs straight away from the donut so that it's still rolling. In, she's still in its path. Yeah. Okay. Her death made no sense. Like her character in general made no sense. Like, okay, you have the scene where you reveal she's Waylon Yutani's daughter or whatever. Yeah. And then, okay. And then, like, she dies in the next scene. Oh. So, okay. Way to take then, that plot thread and just throw it in the fireplace. Yeah. And then, like, again, Cup or Prometheus is also really bad about fucking up the lore of Alien where, oh, hey, remember the space jockey from the first movie? Mm, they yeah. find one. And then they, they got that big, crazy-looking head. And they go, wait a minute, this is a helmet. And they cut into it and take off the helmet, and it's a human man underneath. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, that's sad. And then they're that's like, really wow. The, and then they're, like, they're doing a DNA. Oh, yes, these guys have 100% human DNA. Weird. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> 
and then they find a living one at the end, and he turns into the bad guy, and he he literally goes around punching people to death. <laughs> like he's just this like eight foot tall, pale white thing, punching people. He's just Wesker. Kind of, yeah. But then doesn't he turn into an alien? Like uh, at so the, then, the very end. At the end, like she six. Of like the squid monster on him, and he gets killed in like the least satisfying way possible. And then mm-hmm. yeah, in like the post credit scene, and a sort of alien pops out of him. Weird. It's... That's so okay. that's the thing is like, I really like, genuinely liked the first two thirds of this movie, but then it just goes to such shit where like nothing felt good about the ending. Where it's just like, okay, movie is over now. Like there was no closure, no catharsis, no just. Yeah, so. Like, no actual so, good storytelling here. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, what was the point of all this? Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. Because, like, again, the setup was good, but then when it came to having an active threat, there was nothing mm-hmm. cohesive whatsoever. Because the Alien movies, they have, obviously, the Xenomorph. That's the hook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was lacking any sort of, like... First it's the cobra, then it's the zombie, then it's the android, then it's the Wayland Yutani, then it's the guy yeah. punching people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. It's just it's very all over the place. So but and still, I would still say way better than Alien Three and Resurrection. Yeah. It uh, yeah, yeah, I would probably watch Prometheus and Prometheus Two over yeah. fucking Yeah. I'm never watching so, Three and Resurrection yeah. again. So I think right now, like, not, ignoring Alien vs. Predator, because I haven't even seen those, like, mm-hmm. there's six Alien movies, and they're very clearly, like, the three tiers, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's the first two are great, the next two are terrible, Boy. and then the next two are, they're okay, they got some issues, and they probably work better together now. Yeah. So maybe if they make a third one and kind of finish the David storyline. I think I saw Prometheus, and then I was like, oh, I don't like, I just don't like Ridley Scott's movies at all. <laughs> Aside from, like, yeah. those two he made, like, 20, 30, 40 years I ago. Mean, God. George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The other thing that people are upset about is that, and this isn't, I don't know if this is really confirmed, but, like, aliens might just not be canon anymore because of the Queen Alien. Oh. Like, that's always... That's always been a kind of a point of contention that yeah. originally an alien, the aliens were going to be making the eggs themselves yeah. from dead people. Yeah. Weird. So then the alien queen, and then yeah, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that means Alien Three isn't canon. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people think, are happy to know that. I think canon doesn't fucking matter. Canon does, does not, not matter. Not matter. <laughs> like this series is literally just a dollar signs at this point. Uh, no. Not apparently at the box office. It dropped seventy percent this weekend. Whoa! Oof. Ooh. Oof. I wish Ridley Scott would like make figure good figure out his shit because like <laughs> apparently everyone liked The Martian, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I saw. I get, and he made like two of the best movies ever. Mm-hmm. So. What's the other one? Oh, Blade probably Runner. Blade Runner. Blade I mean, Runner. I haven't revisited it in a long time, but I, I'm pretty sure Blade Runner's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That movie's pretty good. Yeah. So it's like, I think there's potential to make a good third Prometheus 3, but then you Ooh. see an interview where he's like, yeah, maybe one or two more sequels, and then another interview where he's like, oh yeah, I've got six ideas. 
Oh God! But like, given the box office performance of Alien, like he might be lucky to get another. Yeah, one. you might be lucky to get your one to wrap this up, and that's about it. I don't know how you wrap it up though. Like, how do you so contrivedly like put an engineer ship with a bunch of alien eggs onto a planet and then have nobody know it's there? Like, how do you set up Alien? <laughs> Given the lore. Given the lore, yeah. Like, unless it's just like, oh, this is like anime alternate universe now. Mm. Oh, jeez, yeah. That, oh my god, I'd love to see the internet blow up then. (laughs) If the the ending of Prometheus 3 just made Alien and Aliens (laughs) non-canon. It it does make sense that Alien, he might not care so much about Aliens since that was not the Ridley Scott movie, right? Well, it always seems like he's always been a little butthurt about that one yeah <laughs> for sure likes this one more <laughs> no most people do tend to lean towards alien though yeah that makes sense i i think the pop Me, culture man with consciousness taste, though i go yeah i think as far as pop culture though aliens aliens like, popped did is did like is very iconic. the definitive video game the movie <laughs> <laughs> like space marines literally there you go you're not wrong. So fucking good. Contra and, and Metroid. Yes. Yeah, it is literally con- like these games exist because, because of that of movie. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why I feel like Aliens especially has had that presence is because all video games. Yeah, just finally all aliens. video games. <laughs> Thanks, James Cameron. God, so Ridley Scott is making so Ridley Scott is making his Prometheus movies, and James Cameron is making his Avatar movies. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> kind of hurts my soul. <laughs> uh, Woof. Oh man, I, I feel like this. I felt like a part of my soul literally <laughs> have a heart attack and die. I never saw Avatar, and I feel better for it. You don't need to see it. It's garbage. I think it's probably. It might just be all right. It's been long enough, but I didn't feel like offended coming out of it. But it's well. The thing about that movie is that like it made a billion dollars, and then no one ever talked about it ever. Yeah. Like there's no like scenes that people can talk about or like memes or anything. There's no discussion ever. Like it seemed mm-hmm. to just have the cultural impact of like absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it might have been like the biggest fucking grossing movie ever, but fucking. I don't know anybody that's all up on their fucking Avatar shit now. Mm-hmm. Like, Titanic, you can think of, like, many iconic many scenes iconic from that movie. Like, that's, like, the point of comparison. Yeah. <sighs> and, so Titanic is, and Titanic is genuinely a good movie. Yeah. Nobody has their Navi Sonas. How can you make four <laughs> Avatar sequels when there's, like, nothing there? There's nothing. There's to begin nothing. With. Mm-hmm. I think I think what, what I was they turn it into minions. Uh, I think it's um, in terms of comparing it with like what you were talking about with Prometheus and Alien Covenant, where they are like visually pretty entrancing and interesting and really oh, yeah, definitely. And then Avatar is just like the simplest, slightest, dumbest, most transparent allegory yeah. thing. But it oh, like at yeah. least it makes sense and it holds together, I guess. And there's a bad guy and there's a big conflict at the end, and so and it like it, the, it's the, the opposite. Old, Prometheus it feels like. But like the only meme I can think about with uh, Avatar is that the the alloy they're after is called unobtainium. Unobtainium. 
Like, that's how thin your metaphor is. Mm-hmm. It's like Ratchet and Clank, it's called Rare Itanium. <laughs> but that's a joke, at least. Yeah, that's a joke. They're actually being for real here. Like, a, the video game joke is funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Alien and Aliens are really good, huh? Yeah, they're yeah. pretty great. Oh, God, so then my dad is like, oh, I should watch Prometheus now. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I, and I summed it up perfectly. I go, would you tell anybody to watch the Star Wars prequels first? Ooh. No, just fucking watch Alien, yes. please. <laughs> watch, yes. And then God. I don't think you listen to me. He'll never listen oh. to you. More, more hashtag Rhett's dad. <laughs> hey, do you want to know who Boa Fett's dad was? Now you can. Oh Jango Fett. God. He's just a dude. <laughs> That's dead it. Dude. But he was a kid and he was sad. His dad died. Dude. Oh, God. <laughs> God, the Star Wars prequels are so bad. God. Movies are dumb. Mr. Stupid. Who wants to watch stupid movies? I barely watched any movies lately. It feels really weird. I think the last movie I watched was Shakespeare in Love. That's been like a while. It wasn't very good, I thought. But, you know, whatever. Movies are weird. I go to the movies every week and, like, nothing leaves an impression usually. It's like, oh. I saw Guardians 2 and it was fine, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's heart-wrenching. That movie's weird because it's making a ton of money, and again, it seems like nobody's again. It's gonna be it's it. gonna disappear in three months. Mm-hmm. I felt like it disappeared the opening weekend. <laughs> like I've seen no one on Twitter actually mention seeing That's it. That's good point. And yeah. I saw it and didn't even mention it. <laughs> yeah, like you didn't even mention it. I was like, wait a minute. That's so sad. Just... <sighs> mm. Movies. So, Polly. Yo! What you been up to? I play a video game. Play a video game? I did one of those. Oh, video game? Yeah, video games. I like those sometimes. A video game, you sit down, you put this piece of plastic in your hand, right? And there, okay. are, there are buttons on it. There are buttons on it that you press. Oh, so like a vibrator. So like very, very much like a vibrator. I can... Okay. Like, like, okay, I, I, get it. I know what a vibrator is. The, uh, the program that I use to sync up my uh, Xbox 360 controller... It has um, a mode on it where I can turn on both of the motors and they won't stop running. And then I can set it on my crotch. I've done that more than once. Just, uh, you know, just putting that out there. All right, we're gonna, if we're going to go there, um, uh, you know, as a kid... Let's go there. Let's go there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You want to go there? All right, Let's cool. go there. Um, Rhett, Rhett you've, got to, you've got to think of one, too. Okay, cool. I found out that feeling that holding things like that to my no-no space mm-hmm. felt good. It really does. And I, and I found that out playing Chrono Cross because, like, a lot of the attack animations in that game just make the oh, rumble go yeah. like crazy. It goes really crazy. Like, oh, I'm using Luminaire. Oh, this is a fun time. Oh, okay. That was nice. Okay. My first time doing it was uh, Medal of Honor on PS1. I got on one of the uh, turrets. And it never mm-hmm. runs out of bullets. <laughs> so you can just, like, hold down right. Boom. There you go. All right, Rhett, what about you? No. Rhett, uh, <laughs> when did you discover that uh, game pads were good for... I've never intentionally done it. Masturbation. Maybe been like, oh, whoops. Oh, <laughs> whoops. Bullshit with your whoops. 
Don't give me that. You did it on purpose. No. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's done it's done it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, the segue into our, uh, you know, some family-friendly content, I played Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion HD. That Genesis game's real good. A fine Disney product, I might say, from the fa- <laughs> from the family-friendly line of Disney products. <laughs> I didn't do the vibrate masturbation thing with this game, though. Oh, good. <laughs> that would be weird. A little bit. Um, so, like, the original Castle of Illusion on the Genesis is kind of one of those first games I remember hearing talked about by people as, oh my god, best graphics ever. Does, like, like I know, Rhett, you're, you're, you know, you're as old as me. Like, that, does that, like, kind yeah. of, like, sound like a sentiment you mm. remember hearing back then? About that game in particular, not really, because I wasn't into the Genesis, like, at the start. Mm. I just, like, I wasn't into I, the Genesis. I was more of a just... Turbo Graphics kid back then. Yeah, yeah. You're, again. Keith Courage. Now, that game has the best graphics. There you go. Keith Courage. That game's not very good when you go back and uh, no, play it. No, it's really not actually very no. good even back then. I was like, this is, feels weird. But you turn into a robot, dude. You turn into a robot, it's, dude. You play it. Like, you play it. That might have been like my first anime game. You play it and sit there and smile and pretend you're having fun because you just don't <laughs> you don't want to feel like you've made the terrible uh, purchase decision. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of good stuff on the Turbo Graphics. Oh, absolutely. Courage. Just not good courage. I came so close to getting an N-Gage, y'all. Oh, oh don't do that. Those things are terrible. Yeah. Like, I like owning things and having cool things, but in N-Gage, I'm not stooping to that level. There are levels that I will not sink to. <sighs> but, um, Castle of Illusion for the Genesis is a really, just like, a, a joyful little platformer. It's genuine, you know, got a good genuine amount of challenge to it very nice level design and again like it's kind of the first game i ever saw where the animations were super smooth and slick and like i really like the background work in a lot of the areas um and it's just a really solid little game uh i think kind of gets overlooked these days kind of when you Mm -hmm. think about genesis platformers especially you know with its competition i can see why because this is a very slow platformer uh, you know, it's a very slow little hop and bop, throw apples mm-hmm. at things, but I genuinely it has, like it way more than, like, Mickey Mouse and the Magic Kingdom on SNES. Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse? Because that was one I had as a kid. <laughs> no, I, that game's not bad. I don't think that game's yeah. bad at all, but I, I just... Illusion's better, I kind of preferred Castle of Illusion. Mm. Did, did Castle of Illusion have a sequel on the Genesis? Uh, World of Illusion. Illusion. Yeah. Yep. Is that the one uh, people kind of go for now? Uh, I don't hear World of Illusion talked about much at all. Uh, and then there's also Quackshot. Quackshot's really good. Cool. Yeah. I really like Quackshot. Um, but uh, Castle of Illusion HD, this is uh, another Sega joint. Uh, they, uh, I can't remember the team that remade it now. Oh, no. My <laughs> notes have failed me. Um, but uh, it's a remake of that original game, kind of. Um, like, if we're gonna take some comparisons, let's say, let's look at a good remake, like Bionic <laughs> Commando Rearmed, and then let's take a look at a bad remake, like DuckTales Remastered. 
uh-huh. which is which uh-huh. is a boring, crappy, crap game. Um, yeah. But um, I think Castle of Illusion is in the former. I think that oh. it's, like it started out with me thinking, "Oh man, this this doesn't ca- quite work," because I think that with sprite work. Um, on the Genesis version of this game, when you move that to 3D models, when you're making 3D backgrounds and stuff, like, I just don't think that 3D can capture um, some of the charm and character that those games had, you know? Um, That's so much of it. And that's definitely so much of that experience, and that's kind of like where I was when I started playing uh, this game. But the more that I played it, the more I started to kind of appreciate from a gameplay standpoint what they were doing. Like, they weren't... Like, I feel that this is a game that does something with its source material other than just copy it note for note like boring-ass DuckTales Remastered. Mm -hmm. Um, If you haven't guessed yet, I don't like (laughs) DuckTales Remastered. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Ducktales Remastered. Can you believe that shit released with unskippable cutscenes that could last up to five minutes long? <laughs> oh Jesus! They were so proud that they got the voice actors back. And they yeah, they're like, "You're gonna fucking listen." Good old way forward. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, they can do a good oh, thing God. every now and again. <sighs> if, At least yeah. the last two Shantae games have been great. Yeah, I guess I was going to shit on them more than I realized Shantae has been pretty yeah. good. Yeah, the last two Shantae games have been pretty good. Yeah. Um, Contra-4. But, like, uh, this game kind of, like, it takes all, all of the familiar elements, like it, you know, like all of the bosses, enemies, things that you've kind of are, you know, you expect if you played the original. And it remixes them in fun little ways, and it kind of, like, like most of the bosses kind of got remade into having their battle their boss battles actually like the camera shifts and you're oh, now cool. like you're now like in this three fourths view where you can run around like into the screen further, you know, kind of like adding a adding a new plane to everything. Uh, and most, if not all of the boss fa- uh, battles kind of play on that. And they um and, like I think a general feeling I get from this version of the game is maybe like Donkey Kong Country 2. For some reason, this game reminds me a lot of Donkey Kong Country 2, which is a fantastic game. Um, But they do a lot with kind of like letting you move in and out of the background now and these like really uh, seamless transitions and it doesn't feel at all awkward in the way you think it might when you're trying to mix 2.5D, you know, just normal left and right and then moving into the background. Like, I think a lot of games get that wrong. Yeah. And it feels terrible when they try to do it. But this game, like, it's just smooth as butter. Um... And uh, the stages have all been remade. There's new gimmicks and the stages are longer and they're more fleshed out, and I think that the new gimmicks are fun. So, as somebody who liked the original game, like, this was a real comfy game to come home to and just chill out with. Like, it's not too difficult. You're not going to run into any real problems beating it. Um, like, it's it's cute, 
and fluffy in the kind of way you want a game like this to be. Uh, not 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 as cute and fluffy as say Kirby's Epic Yarn. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. nothing can be. Nothing will stuff. ever capture that. But it's but I like I you know I use this game for like the same purpose. Uh, the same purpose. Like I come home, I can turn this game on. It's just like I'm gonna play a few stages of of, of Castle of Illusion because it's just nice, charming, soft, hop and bop. Easy to pick up and play, simple to pick up and put down. Fun, um, cool. and like this game was actually unavailable for a while. Um, oh, it actually is it had, back? It's back now. Um, oh yeah, I didn't realize That's it nice. came back. Actually, yeah, I don't know when it came back, but like Sega had to pull it from all digital yeah. storefronts for a while. I remember um, that. And uh, I checked, and it was like still it, like because I I played this through a friend's family sharing thing because uh, mm. I share with them, and um, but I checked the store page and it is back and like I, I think most might balk at the fourteen ninety nine price tag, but I think like this game kind of earns it. I think mm-hmm. it's actually that good. Like I think that it does enough with the source material to kind of, like, be its own cool new thing. Um, and, just, like, I was never bored playing it. I had a great time with it. Like, 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 I, like it's not gonna... Like, if you only want to play, like, super innovative, cool platformers, like, some... Or games that are really hard, like Super Meat Boy, or uh, Hollow Knight, or games like that, where there's just, like, a lot more depth, like, this probably mm-hmm. isn't gonna be for you, but if you want something that's just light, fluffy, easy to pick up and play, man, you're gonna have a solid fucking time with this game. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go on too long, at least the Genesis one. Like, no, like, this breezy. game, like, this game, uh, I finished it over the course of about three play sessions, two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about, that's about my experience with Castle of Illusion. Cool. And it was about, I think it was about like nine hours total, about cool. what I got out of it. And it's it's just it's just really solid. Like I was mm-hmm. surprised because yeah, it didn't leave the best first impression because everything mm-hmm. it does kind of starts out just feeling like a carbon copy. But I get the feeling that that's just because that's where they started, and you know it was just like, well let's let's just recreate the first stage of the first game. That way we know we can do it. Then we can start adding ideas is the kind of yeah. the, the feeling I get. That's cool. Yeah, I played this and DuckTales around the same time. I think I talked about it on the podcast probably like a oh, did years you? ago. I might mm-hmm. have. I'll have to go look. But yeah, it was weird that DuckTales got all the attention, even yeah. though this was a way better game. This was so much better. Like, mm-hmm. it does so much more with the source material, and it doesn't feel like just a crap rehash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, like you cutscenes. Does, does it have cutscenes? I can't remember actually. No, no. I mean, no. I mean, Duck I Tales mean, the, the, was the crap rehash plus cutscenes. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying uh, right. Oh, I looked on Wikipedia, and this game was delisted September second, two thousand sixteen, but it came back March thirty first, twenty seventeen. Oh wow! So that's pretty recent. That's so pretty recent. Yeah. 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 Sometimes things come out okay. Yeah. Work out okay. Yeah. Like, Apparently, Alan, Alan Wake, Wake came back already. Fucking really? really? Wow! I remember <laughs> them just like having a fire sale on that shit. Yeah. Some mm. people going, "Oh, this was just a big scam to get sales, wasn't it?" You like relisted it like a week later. Wow! <laughs> I think it. I'll have to see. That sounds uh, that real fucking bit, scummy. 
that feels a little sketch because I almost bought Alan Wake, even though I had zero interest in Alan Wake. So that's pretty impressive. It's like, how are you going to pass up 90% off? Mm. Yeah, I just looked. It's on Steam. Oh, for fucking sake. (laughs) The original Alan Wake? They said American Nightmare would still be on. Yeah, the original's still on there. All right. All right, (laughs) y'all. All right. I believe it's Remedy behind these games. You fuckers. You did that on purpose. Maybe they really didn't know if it was worth it until the big sales came and they were able to finalize negotiation. Maybe. Hey, that was the first time I heard people talking about Alan Wake in like five years. Yeah, it's been a while. That game is actually really good, though, so... I want to play... Uh, yeah, like, I've heard both of those games are... No- I've heard nothing but good about both of those games. Okay. Uh, American Nightmare can fuck off, but... Oh, wow. Jeepers. American Nightmare is, like, the budget version, so it's just three maps repeated, like, three times. Oh. Like, it's really bad, I think. Oh. It's kind of... Yeah. That's not fun. But yeah, uh, like, uh... Castle of Illusion HD. Yeah, give it a look. It's really All right. fun. I own it because of when it went delisted. So that's cool. Because awesome. I really like Castle of Illusion. Yeah, it's really fun. Cool. John Fire. Yeah? What else did you do? Alright. Got any other games you want to walk us through? Um, yeah, the whole thing. All right, let's go. <laughs> all right. So, um, John Thayer's Guide to All 25 Effects. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> all right, so um, I played Yume Nikki um, for the first time in earnest. I dabbled a little bit, but, you mm-hmm. know, Yume Nikki is an RPG Maker ma- game where you sleep, where you go to sleep, in a be- where you wake up in a bedroom, and then you can go to sleep and explore dream world mm-hmm. and you can't leave your bedroom in the real life so the entire game is exploring the dream world there's no dialogue it's just exploring this big convoluted space mm-hmm. um it's kind of like if the enti- if an entire game was one big fantasy star 2 dungeon and there was no oh fighting or talking god um but, see that's but the, the thing artwork changes though like fantasy star yes. 2 dungeons are just the same tile yeah this has a ton yes, of artwork that's the thing One that big... always kind of pushed me away from this game, is I saw somebody post a map of the game world once, and I literally was just like, nope, nope. It is it is really big. And it ain't happening for me. <laughs> I, I dabbled in this while I was doing Zelda, and I was like, oh, this is way too much for me right now. I, I am not sufficiently versed in patient play. Like I've, I've been literally trying to be kind of a better player, because I've been... I go to guides really quickly, basically. Mm-hmm. That's always been me. Save states. I've kind save of weaned states off. and guides, your big weakness. Yep. And I've kind of weaned off save states, and now I'm, but now I'm trying to wean more off guides because it can really hurt your experience with an RPG. Like, I think I really hurt my experience with Fantasy Star 2 because I was, until my file got deleted. Because yeah. I was just, not only was I just going, once I went straight for the maps, it was like, well, might as well just learn everything else. And then it was like, well, no reason to play it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, Yuminiki is a... Yuminiki's just one really big, convoluted world um, where there's you, there's 12 doors at the start, and each of them has a huge map behind it mm-hmm. to explore. And then in those maps are passages that lead to other maps... And then those are huge themselves, and then there'll be passages <laughs> in those worlds, in those maps. So you basically just keep going deeper and deeper into this big, big dream. And ultimately, um, the 12 doors connect. So mm-hmm. they're not just 12 individual worlds. 
Um, so my formative experience with the game was spending like an hour going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the dream. And then I wandered around a little bit, found a door, entered and found, wound up in the hub. Oh! <laughs> um, that felt more meaningful than any kind of similar moment in a Metroidvania type thing, I think. Mm. Um, so this is this is one of my favorite games I've played this year. Um, pretty much right maybe a little bit under Nier Automata. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, definitely a little under Nier Automata, but I liked it more than Zelda. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it started working for me once I started writing down everything as I went along. This sounds like I, the kind of game where you have to do that. Yeah, I mean, or otherwise... You have a really good memory. Or you just don't care about progression and you just want, spend, you know, five hours just ex- wandering and exploring and don't really worry about finishing it. Because hmm. um, it's not really made... The, the ending is just is very short and simple. And it's not really made for that. It's made for exploring and learning these spaces. Mm. So if you just want to play it in, like, a not really thinking too hard and just soak it in, I think that's valid, too. Mm. Um, but I had a really good time just writing everything down as it progressed, and I wound up with like a fifteen hundred word text document oh, of me Lord. just mapping this shit out of my brain. Like I didn't actually map much; just just a travelogue. Yeah, a travelogue. So, and then I, I recognize little patterns, like oh, there's almost always one effect and one passage in each of these little hubs that leads to a new area. So then, once that it was out, I realized I hadn't found any effects and. Yeah, the the goal is to find twenty five of these, or twenty four of these um, doodads that you get from talking to NPCs, mm-hmm. and then once you get those, you beat the game. Um, oh, okay, okay. Because yeah. like this always just kind of seemed like a meme game to me. Like I thought mm-hmm. people just ironically brought this game up just to kind of ah ha ha look at the funny thing I'm doing. No, I think it's it's meaty. It's um, it's meaningful. I. Like, after a certain point, I was playing this game for, like, an hour and a half a night mm-hmm. for a couple of days, and every time after, I just felt like I had to lay down and stare at the ceiling for a little while. Because mm. um, I think it's... I talked to Wuzzy about it, who mm-hmm. just... Their experience with it was... It just felt immediately like it was about trauma. That's something that I've heard a lot, too. Like, I've also... I've heard that, like, like possible sexual abuse and trauma are likely themes yeah. that come through... Gotcha. Um, I don't, there's nothing like overt no references to sexual abuse or anything like that. It's just that, um, you dig deeper and there are actually, uh, there are actually a handful of enemies in the game. Um, and you even get a weapon, but it's kind of like, it's not, you know, it's, that's not the point. It's mm-hmm. weird. Um, so there are moments of darkness as you get deeper and deeper into the dream and moments where things feel kind of heavy and start to weigh on me, started to weigh on me. Um, it feels like and, that's kind of what the game's going for, though. It's like, it's kind of wanting exactly. to push you away after X amount of time you spend with it. Yeah, so it, the the giant convoluted maps are very much intentional in mm. that respect. So I spend a lot of time just wandering through the empty spaces looking for anything. Um... And it works once you kind of once you kind of get into the headspace of it. I think it it's exactly what it needs to be do- doing, exactly what it wants to be doing. Um, and I wound up getting twenty one of the twenty five effects. Oh, you're not trying hard enough. Get good. No, I 
I I thought I I was because there's no like oh well you've cleared out these areas um, the remaining effects are here's your radar. Um, so yeah, the, like the last... I would hope there's nothing like that in this kind of yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. So so when I got to that, I was like, okay, these could be anywhere. I've explored thoroughly. I, don't, I haven't found any more passages. So mm-hmm. then I looked up the guides, and there were some obtuse things that I don't feel like I I don't feel dumb for missing. Basically. Oh, yeah. Um, which just kind of fits into it being something that resists you. Yeah. It's a. It feels like it's a puzzle that feels like it should have an answer and then doesn't. That that's like the most John thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah, which I is why it really surprised me. Yeah. yeah, it really surprised me that you had not played this game. Well, it's so intimidating because it really is those big, terrifying Fantasy Star Two maps. Yeah, but, but it's like it's such a John game though, where it's like this Earthbound inspired like nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. yeah, and it's one of, probably one of my new favorite games. Um, so I finished that last night, and it was very beautiful and taxing and good and i think it's a very important and seminal game and i think having played so many of the games that it inspired it's cool having played this thing and i think it kind of outshines a lot of those things like i like it way more than off um i think it's a little more meaningful to me than eeb a handful of the other kind of scary glitch horror rpg maker stuff things yeah um yeah yuminiki's really beautiful and i love it a lot I'm really glad I got to experience it. I hope things work out better for the <laughs> Avatar next time. Oh, <laughs> did you play it, Rhett? I played it a long time ago when, uh, during one of the Let's Play Olympics, Zene Toto did a video about it. Oh, that's and it right. Looked, and it looked really interesting to me, so I played it after that and mm-hmm. did quite enjoy it. Maybe not quite as much as John, but yeah, it's yeah. it's really interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, I knew I knew where the bike was from the first time I played it, and that, yeah, that, that really scene. helps too. So if you know where the bike is, then that makes it a lot less taxing, I think, right off the bat. And John yeah. likes riding bike. I do like bike. <laughs> oh jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is is the knife one of the effects? Yes. Yeah, because so like out of the twenty five effects, the two you kind of want to get start are the bike because you go faster than the knife, so you can stab everyone. Yeah. yeah. There wasn't anything I... There wasn't any... Um, I think there was one point where there was a character I couldn't figure out how to get past without a knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even once I had the knife, they moved too fast for me to not get... It doesn't kill you. It just teleports you to a part of the dream that you can't escape. Oh, and shit. That, so the only thing you can do is just wake press up. the button to wake up. Oh. And that boots you back to the start. Um, oh, yeah, John, tell me about light switches. <laughs> fucking hell. So I... <laughs> I entered one room and it was the softest, nicest space in the whole game. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is like, this is actually welcoming. Maybe things are okay." <laughs> and um, so the first thing I did was walk up and stab the person. Nice. Talking up and finding like, just, just would something happen? No, nothing would happen. And then you step out, step back in, they're back because it's dream. Um, so Red told me there's a one in two hundred fifty-five percent chance of um, something happening. Something happening if you walk into that room. Mm-hmm. And I, like, laid awake at night that day, like, <laughs> what the fuck? What, could, what thing would happen? <laughs> and then the next day, like, 2 a.m., oh, I no. walk in and out of the room a bunch of times and nothing happened, so I Google it, and Rhett's right. There's something. I was slightly wrong, though. Yeah, it was a uh, 1 in 64 chance 
when you enter the room, it determines whether or not the thing will happen. And then if you turn off the lights, then the thing could happen. Oh. So I flipped the lights on and off. And again, that didn't do anything. But I had to enter the room over and over again yeah. to try. And then the second time I turned off the lights, I walked in, turned on the lights, the thing happened. Oh. Really? It was the second time for me, too. That's weird. Huh. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's. I wonder if it is a 64 chance, but that's what it says on the wiki. I mean, I looked up a YouTube video and somebody did it for like five minutes before getting it. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Um, yeah, it's just scary, horrible thing. Was the thing <laughs> worth it? Yeah. It was scary and horrible, and it, was, it made the... It made the softest... It, The softest place in the game turns out to actually be the worst. <laughs> the most horrifying. The worst, yeah. But only... But it's like deep, deep in there. It's like you got this big puzzle and you're just digging deeper and deeper and deeper. You're digging into this wound. Mm-hmm. But that's not... Just because you're digging deeper and deeper into it doesn't mean you're getting closer to fixing anything. Yeah. You're just sloughing everything around yeah you're bad yeah and something's infected and you can't don't have anything to fix it and so and the ending like it gets so deliberately obtuse with the last few effects like there's one in a huge open map where the effect person is constantly running away from you oh good (laughs) and that was the last one i got um and it's in like one of the scariest maps so you get all of those and then the ending is just kind of a middle finger for trying to make sense of things <laughs> so yeah it felt very meaningful and good to me cool um Rhett? Retto. oh right i've got a thing you uh, do i played a video game too did you yeah i played through oxenfree i've heard a oh, lot about this game this year really this yeah. year i thought it was this year no it was last year was it really <laughs> It's what? It's over a year old now. Dog, like the last six months are a fucking blur for me. Uh, okay. Oh. So, uh, so this is a game by I think a former Telltale writer, mm-hmm. and it's very much in that style where okay. all you all you really do in this do in this game is walk around and then pick one of three dialogue options when prompted. Nice. Uh, so this is a story about five teenagers who go to like this abandoned island mm-hmm. that has like an abandoned campground and like an abandoned military base. And they're just going there for like kind of the graduation summer party blowout thing. And then spooky shit starts happening. And things go bad, but it's, so it's kind of a spooky game, but not really horror. Like it's not violent or anything. Mm. And so you just, you go through your characters, like choosing dialogue options and like characters will like or dislike you based on what you choose. Mm. So I didn't, didn't really love this game but like the reason i wanted to talk about it is because there's this one moment in it where i felt truly betrayed by it basically oh no so about two-thirds through this game uh your characters kind of go back towards the start of the game uh-huh. and, and get an item that's like right near the start but this is all like kind of scripted part of the story thing mm-hmm. and so there's this item that's actually like right next to the start of the game almost and mm-hmm. i thought man it would be really cool if they did like a time loop thing or like a major, you know, like a Majora's Mask thing where now that you know this is here, if you could get it at the start of another game, oh. like how it would change the storyline. Yeah. Oh. So I'm almost expecting the game is going to wrap up really soon and then let that happen. Mm-hmm. And then it totally doesn't. Oh. So. Oh. 
So you just get this upgraded radio, and then you kind of go through the last third of the game, and the ending is fine. Mm-hmm. And again, so, so again, it's kind of a telltale thing where it's one basic ending structure, and then the only variations are like, oh, this character hates you now, or this one, you know, you've bonded with this character, or you didn't, or these characters are dating now, mm-hmm. or they're not. Like, so your it's choices like don't smaller things that don't necessarily affect the overall ending. Yeah, basically. I got you. So, the weird thing... So, here's the weird twist about this game, though. So, I beat the game, and then I get back to the title screen. It's like, start new game plus. Mm. And then I had remembered reading this, that the game came out, I think, January 2016, and then there was no new game plus. Mm. Huh. So, like, they did this alternate reality game where, like, people were looking up clues and shit, and, like, kind of getting into real cryptic nonsense and I didn't really look into that but then they kind of unlocked a thing so like six months after the game came out mm-hmm. they opened up New Game Plus oh weird so mm. I'm like oh shit they're gonna do that thing I wanted where I can get the upgraded radio right at the start <laughs> so like you're at the start of the game they're on a boat like heading towards the island and like one of the first dialogue options you get is like didn't we do this already oh ah and I'm like, I'm so excited. And then, so like, there's a few dialogue options where your character is just like super out of it and like, have, do you guys got deja vu? Because I got deja vu. <laughs> okay. So, but then you get to like the first scene on the island and then it just kind of goes back to being the same game. Oh. <laughs> and then I get to like the spot that I want to take the radio from because I know it's there mm-hmm. and there's just nothing to actually do oh, that I want. that's bullshit yeah that's that, bullshit that really kind of bummed me out because so then i like there's a spooky alien mystery thing in this game so then when i got to that first scene that scene was really cool because all their dialogue was new mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like hello alex we meet again and your character's still like what right. <laughs> they're like we will not let you free there are infinite Alex from infinite, infinite multiverse. <laughs> like, oh my god. So, like, okay. I really wanted to like the new game plus, but then I kind of realized, like, it's not a branching storyline. No, this Even sounds... on new game plus, it still goes through the same general motions. The new game plus sounds kind of dumb. Again, see, I think if you had played it at launch and this was a thing you were playing six months later, yeah. then sure, that would be cool. Just play it again, because it's only like a four or five hour game. Right. But like, that's a little bit too long for minor changes, I think, having immediately just played it the first time. Yeah. So I kind of wish it was more of a like a shorter game that branched more, mm. like where yeah. your choices had more impact, because mm-hmm. they really kind of don't in this. So the new game plus does have like an extra variation at the ending, and I just looked it up on YouTube and was like, okay, maybe. Glad was not, it was not Undertale. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not Undertale. It's not like Majora's Mask. And it's so sad because I'm like, I love time loop stuff like Higurashi, yeah. Umi Neko. Like, yeah, like, that is my jam, but this that's, is. That is the Sox Cast jam. Yeah, like that is the official yeah. Sox Cast jam, really. It really is. Majora's Mask, like. So it would be cool if there was a narrative game. Like, I mean, again, even Life is Strange just kind of gets into that. Yep. <laughs> It'd be cool to see a narrative-based game like have entire playthroughs that 
diverge wildly, and then you kind of poke and prod at it. Like, one of the reviews I saw for this compared it to a game I mentioned on the Soxcast, mm-hmm. Stories Path of Destinies. Yeah, and that, I'm like, yeah. No. But I'm like, no, that game had, like, 25 different, completely different endings based on your choices. This is not that at all. This is an mm-hmm. ending that has yeah. things that can change about it. Yeah. I remember fucking Starosh in the second story on PS1 be like, it's got 265 endings! And the <laughs> only like thing... Shadow the Hedgehog. And then the only <laughs> dumb things that changed were just, like, a line of dialogue here, or a uh. character might be here. But it's the same fuck ending. Mm-hmm. Also, Star Ocean games are bad. <laughs> I think it's important that we reaffirm that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta come back and smack a bitch up every now and then. <laughs> so, like, I didn't hate Oxenfree, but it, I did see potential that was not realized there. Like, mm-hmm. I heard so many people talking so much positive about this game. Mm-hmm. That's odd. Like, it does an interesting thing with dialogue where, like, dialogue will just keep happening if you don't choose anything Mm -hmm. but then like there are parts where as soon as you choose something your character will interrupt what's happening oh so it kind of gets a little janky at times yeah that's because you have to like balance when you jump in yeah so like a lot of the time i'm waiting like till the last possible moment to to make so that i don't interrupt anybody yeah weird kind of strange and then like in one of the very first scenes, there's stuff you can look at in the background, but as soon as you do, your character starts talking, and the other oh characters my. just instantly stop, and it's just like, oh, that is just such a bad first impression. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty poopy. Yeah. I think I'd had this kind of filed in the same box as Life is Strange, where it didn't really... No, 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 no. no. Life yeah. is amazing, though. Yeah, exactly. And then y'all said that's that's cool that Life is Strange transcended that, where this did not really... Yeah. Cool. It just kind of felt like the New Game Plus concept is so good, but it wasn't really the priority because it was the thing they added yeah, half a year later. I don't really mm-hmm. even see like how New Game Plus fits into this kind of game, though. Into this fiction. Like, it doesn't well, really... I mean, it does fit into the storyline where okay. these aliens maybe aren't actually letting you leave this time loop. Okay. It's just, yeah, like, it, it just kind of sounds mishandled, or it's maybe it's just a, you had to be there kind of thing. I think, yeah, if you had been part of the alternate reality game, like, it probably would have seemed like the coolest shit ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, some reviewer called it, like, the best new game plus I've ever seen in a game. I'm like, me. Hold on there, Sparky. I didn't go through the whole game again to see, but, like, I did, like, the first hour and then kind of looked up the the last half hour. Yeah. Like, the main ending was still the same, so... Yeah. And then with an extra scene at the end. Mm. So, weird. Weird, That's weird, what I've been up to. Play Life is Strange. Yo! So you said you don't have any second thing here, but I remember a couple months ago... Uh-huh. <gasps> you watched an anime. <gasps> I did? You didn't forget, did you? I think I did. Oh, I think it was April? Oh, I mentioned that, actually. Yeah, you did? I, I mentioned I mentioned watching uh, Your Lie in April. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we talked about Your Lie in April. Uh, I didn't talk about it much. I was, mm-hmm. you know, like, but, you know, to reiterate some thoughts on it, yeah, like, that show uh, feels... <laughs> uh, 
and you know, as somebody involved with music, there's a lot to that show uh, that can speak to someone, and sort of like the traumas I think that that show addresses are really, really important too. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah, but I maybe, really maybe it's not a show people should just immediately dismiss after one episode. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm what? not. I, I'm okay. I'm <laughs> excited to revisit it at some point. Not only dismiss it after one episode. Look up one of the biggest spoilers just to see if they're right. What a <laughs> what kind of dickhead would do that? I don't know. I was. It was. It was over. It was like a year and a half ago. I was younger. <laughs> I was. I was a poor soul. The thing is, I think that like what that show is saying uh, and 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 doing with its message kind of transcends the, its spoilers, though. Really, yeah, I think um, I'm gonna because it's got it. it's got a very very strong message of like ex, you know like when it comes to acceptance and loss and dealing with trauma and like wow, it goes places I didn't think it would. Uh, yeah. And it's not afraid to turn the knife and make you feel just real awkward at times. And, like, maybe this isn't something I should be seeing. Yeah. Like, you know, like sometimes you feel bad about characters when they're in some some real bad shit. And it's just like, I shouldn't be seeing this. You um, also caught us at a bad time because I think we just finished Wolf's Reign. Uh, and we were just... And that was that is the most like man pain. Oh God, it's just so bad. Show imaginable, and that there was even the slightest hint with another show. We were like, ah, no, no, not more Wolf's Rain. Even though that was completely undeserved. Yeah, yeah, like this show is think- nothing, 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 nothing like that. Oh, um, yeah, you know, though there is, you know, like this, this, this burgeoning hint of an element of a love story i think it handles it in a very very interesting manner and i think that the character that's at the center of that she is just a very interesting spirit uh and just kind of like one of the like i think she's one of the better developed anime characters i think i've ever seen just because of her her view on life is very very interesting she is just a very very sweet character uh but yeah i really loved uh your lie in april it's really good and when you find out what the lie in april was it's kind of just like wow really they even yeah they wrapped it all up in a bow yeah they like everything gets tied up in a bow in a nice neat little bow uh that shows really good though uh so amazingly sweet and gorgeous cool cool I should check that out so we can make it officially Sox cast a <laughs> There you go. You should. Like Shin Sakayori. Yeah. Like Shin Sakayori. Good shit. Another good happy, show. happy show. Yeah. Just amazingly happy. Just brimming with happiness. <laughs> Rhett. Yeah. We got any news? Ah, uh, kind of. Kind There's a new of. Fire Cry game announced. Oh, yeah. Another one. <laughs> and it's set in Montana. Big surprise. Big surprise. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yes, cool. oh, let me tell you something. I don't give no two fucks about Far Cry at this point. But, but, <laughs> but, what I do love, what I, what I'm just, I'm drinking it up so much. Like I gotta pee every ten seconds. I love the fact that this is set in America, and that the you know very, and that you know the. Very reality. The reality is, we're probably gonna have to be killing some white folks. 
who are religious extremists who happen to probably be Christians. Boy, that's never been done before, huh? And the best part is you you, you make your own main character, you know, any skin that's, color. Uh, that's and, really cool. And that's like, and boy, oh boy, does this have some people up in fucking arms. Wait a minute, um, can you be a lady? Yeah. You can be a lady. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you can All be right. the others. Oh, that's cool. That's a plus. And, oh man, like as soon as this game was announced and just available on Steam, the Steam forums just erupted into the most beautiful salt mines I have ever witnessed. Just so much. They're just fair. Why are they killing us? I'm gonna go play Call of Duty and kill some little brown people. Like, uh, I remember, uh, and there was a Twitter exchange that I saw last night. That I can't remember the names of the people. I apologize, but you know, somebody bitching about the fact, like, you know, like if if this was about shooting up an inner city. You know, inner city gangs and shit, you people would be pissed off. And it was just like, and somebody fired back and was like, I can name a, like, there was a lot of games like that. And the guy was like, name one. And the person named like 15? You want me to read it? <laughs> yes, please. Sure, buddy. So many that, in fact, you can't name one. And he goes, Grand Theft Auto, Saints Row, Gangstar, Streets of Rage, Crackdown, APB, Battlefield, Hardline, Hitman, Mafia, Street Link Dogs, Red Shore City Rampage. Another person goes, Bitch can't think of any more. The Division, Max Payne, Kane Lynch, Urban Rain, River City Ransom, Rainbow Six, Lego City Undercover, ba Batman Arkham, Door Kickers. Another person goes, huh, a real game release that lists at least 40. LNR, Driver, Police Squad, Die Hard, True Squad, SWAT, Police Force, Virtual Cop, Smash Cops, Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit, Infamous. So to the person who gave this person the time of day. They didn't deserve your time, you're, you beautiful person. Believe me, you are a beautiful person. They did not deserve your time, but let me salute the fuck. You cannot see it, but I am saluting you so much right now. You are a beautiful, gorgeous person, and you are awesome. But this is the, the fucking ass pain that this game is causing, and I almost want to buy it out of spite. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just oh, fair man. after the first few. Yeah, after the first three, three. We're just really racist. Oh yeah, real fucking squicky. Oh god, incredibly. Mm. But yeah, that's Far Cry Five. Like, and it just kind of blew up the internet, and it's great. That trailer's it. crazy though. Like the idea of them doing like. Like, the way they fetishize, like, these foreign locations in the other games, and then do doing it in Montana. Yeah! Like, it's really funny it's to me. real weird! But it's so, like... I didn't think that, like, if they handle this right, it could actually be really pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, it's not unrealistic for one cop to take on a whole cult militia thing. It's like, like give me a fucking <laughs> break. Like, Anything to try and discredit this game because it's yeah. not shooting up brown people. Yeah, like yeah. one white guy killing a whole army in Far Cry 3 made any sense. One kid, a fucking college kid at that. A college fucking, <laughs> yeah. a, a rich fucking white college kid <laughs> shooting up an entire fucking village. 
taking down Voss? That makes sense? Voss isn't even the last boss. He's Voss isn't even game. in the last boss, and he's the best character in the game. I love Voss so much. <sighs> yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, that's probably all the news, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, with that, do we have any questions, Rhett? Because if we do, I, I, you know what? I bet people can send them to us on our Twitter at SMPS underscore updates or shoot an email off the podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> Rainiac writes in, if you could take any 2D game and convert it into a 3D game, which game would you choose and why? Hmm. Well, it's like my first thought was... If- Ray Force is my answer. <laughs> I'd like to play a rail shooter that goes from stage to stage like seamlessly like that and tells like a really sharp story that way, where it's just like the one big descent. You mean Panzer that, Dragoon? I mean Panzer Dragoon's way is close and Star Fox sixty four is close. Mm-hmm. They're real and they're they're as they're perfect. I think those games are some of my favorite mm-hmm. games. Maybe they don't have the um, same kind of intensity that Ray Force has. Yeah. Which I think is fair to say. What you right? Oh, I just I just thought of one just looking at the podcast text, and I think this is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. You may Nikki. Yeah, that's. I think I think, <laughs> I think a 3D some fan was that, making yeah. you may Nikki 3D. Cool. Um, I think that you could make a really good 3D Contra game, and mm-hmm. I think that you uh, could do it. Know. No, I think you could actually do it. If you did not use hit scan weapons or tracers, yeah. if you used projectiles that you could slide under, because sliding is a part of Contra, you could jump over them. And um, the reason I've always kind of felt that 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 a Contra three a three D Contra would work was after a portion of Gears of War two that I played that mm-hmm. took place inside of an alien. And it is the most perfect representation of Alien's Lair, I swear, I've ever seen. And it even ends with you killing the fucking thing's heart. <laughs> it yes. feels like every little part and every little beat of that, of that stage and that part of the game, I honestly feel was inspired by uh, uh, the end of a Contra game. Um, but, like, if you have, like, projectiles that, like, you could dodge through, or you could bat back somehow, or something oh. like that. Or you could you could actually do this. Like if if uh, if the uh, the gun pods in near auto, near automata can work, we could probably put that in a character's hands as a gun, and play around with that a bit. <laughs> we could bat projectiles away with the gun. Like I see a way this could work, and I bet I- platinum could do it. I see a way it can't work, and that's because Konami. And that's because Konami. But like <sighs> the thought of a game like that, I think yeah. I think it could actually fucking work. Because there's nothing that quite does that, like the. Yeah, like it could be an entirely new, different thing. Like yeah, there's Bulletstorm. That's the one I was thinking of. Like that it, does a lot of that, but it does it's fighting first person. and. The, and yeah. I, I, like I feel that this could be done from a third-person perspective. Mmm, that just feel good. That does sound good. I mean, it's so hard to find games that aren't hit scan weapons though on enemies. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. Like, like Bulletstorm like, has a lot of hit scan. Yeah, hit-scan. like everything's hit scan in there. Yeah, but I really think like the and make it one hit kill. 
Oh, fuck I yeah. Think you, I think you make it one hit kill, too. Fuck yeah. That'd be crazy. And it's... give him a lot. Like, I think that you set it up exactly like an arcade game. You, like, you, you divide it into stages. Like, you just skip the pretense of a fucking story. We don't fucking worry about <laughs> it. We make an arcade game. We make an arcade third-person Contra game. And I honestly... Like, I can see this fucking game in my head. And I am just... Fucking sad that I do not have the capability to make it. Like it's not within my ability. Mm-hmm. But I can see and feel how this game would play. Like trust me, this is something I've thought about, and like yeah. I really think it could work. God, that'd be really. That cool. is beautiful. Did you say one, Matt? Uh, another one I th- was thinking of was Rocket Knight Adventures. Which is be pretty bananas in 3D. I think. That would be pretty fucking cool. Like if you could just lock on to, into an enemy and just drill up towards them, even if they're in the sky, and then just start slashing. Drill up to them and do like cool fucking like combos and shit. Yeah, you could set it up like a Devil May Cry like in a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking. Yeah, like a platinum thing. Like platinum should just make everything. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, like they pretty just, much. Near just feels so friggin' good. Boner thinks it doesn't. What? I see threats on Neil Gaff. Oh, the combat in Nier is not actually very good. Like, what? 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 I don't mean to call anybody out on that. I apologize. That's not me trying to be mean or anything. Yeah. We don't actually care. I don't care. It does does not hurt my feelings if somebody does not like it. I actually have the SoxCast, the official SoxCast answer, I think, besides that time maybe with the Contra one. I think I know one that y'all would also agree with. What's that? Sonic 3 and Knuckles. <laughs> I can I can see it. Because there's no, like, there's no Sonic game where it's just... Because the Sonic 3 and Knuckles has those stage transitions. Yeah. And it just... It's the same thing as with the Ray Force. What if we had a Sonic game that just moved? And it just started kept it, going. And then he kept playing until it was over in, like, an hour. And okay. that hour was fucking amazing. Do that with the Contra game, too. Yeah. Like, you just advance, and things get weirder and weirder as you go, and you, eventually mm-hmm. as you descend into Alien's Lair. Limited lives. Limited yeah. lives, yes. Fuck yeah. Oh. It's yeah, funny, that would... Though. Yeah. You guys love, like, your seamless transitions between stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, Gradius Five. I was thinking about, just fades to black. Yeah. It's like, and then it's you're a just very somewhere else. Stylistic choice, though. Yeah, it's like it's kind of cathartic because you just need a breather sometimes. I love it second. when bosses explode in that game. How like it does the force slowdown. Yeah, it feels real good. Yeah, and then the screen fades out to black, and then the music mm-hmm. starts. You're somewhere else, and like the kind of a, like I actually like the harsh transition. Yeah, yeah. I think like, that the harsh transition work. Harsh transitions work for some games. That's totally cool. It's just yeah. like with the idea of like the Contra game and the idea of a 3D Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah. Like, I think that those two would work really well, seamless. Yeah, and I think if you'd want to work in like slower, quieter beats, yeah, there would be like peaks and valleys, but just having it keep moving sounds yeah. perfect. Instead of all the load times and the fades to blacks and. The, the hub maps and the hub worlds and yeah. all the Sonic games just have it move. Because Sonic Generations 3D Sonic is kind of like the funnest video game. So if we could just put that structure <laughs> into something that just fucking goes. See, again, Ooh. it's budget. 
Like, yeah. they're not going to make a game Never. that you can just blaze through in an hour. No. Never. Even though it would be the best. It would be the best game, wouldn't it? It would be so good. I guess, yeah, I guess Sin and... What was the last game even like that? Like Sin and Punishment Star Successor? God, yeah. It's hard to think of one. Just like off the top of the I still had levels. Yeah, I did, but it was short. It was short and you oh, breeze through yeah. it in an hour or something. Yeah. An hour and a half. Yeah, if you don't die in this fucking stage for a possibility. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Man, that game's still good. It's still yeah, good, it's... but Jesus, it's hard. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there another question, Red? Am I going to read this one? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, question? Uh, Why wouldn't you want to read the question? Chelsea writes in, if Rhett's balls are technodromes, <laughs> this is dig a giant humanoid robot. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at Krang's body. <laughs> look at his head. <laughs> My body. <laughs> My body. <laughs> the answer is yes. Sure. <laughs> Unless there's a funny... I don't know if you need to be churls funny enough to spit it into another joke. Sorry. I don't know. I gotta they call have... it the Super Shredder. <laughs> oh my god. Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> well, I mean... My body is growing! <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> I think we have a podcast. Yep. Yeah, I think that's put a bow on it. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in uh, again. <laughs> John Thayer, where can we find you? Faraway Rhett. N3.tumblr.com. <laughs> and then the Technodrome. <laughs> and remember we're the podcast that loves you we're the only ones that love you